0: This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC, text 84850, Steve Allen on LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. It's four minutes past four. It's Thursday, the 5th of November. It's bonfire night. It's, uh... I think it's actually for younger people now. I'm almost, and I was the biggest firework fanatic that you would ever find. I loved my fireworks, but I was talking to Gary downstairs, and he's now moved into a place where they've got a balcony. I mean, he could let the fireworks off. It would upset the neighbours, probably. Uh, And I'm kind of thinking, well, I'll just see everybody else's. On second thoughts, maybe I won't. Depends what time they start tonight. They've told us it's going to be very wet and windy, so rockets will be going all over the place. Uh, The lorry driver who duped his family into believing he was in the SAS... Although the producers typed NHS here, which makes it marginally more funny, actually. The bungalow that's worth 27 grand, the contents, whoop, won't believe it. And Colleen Nolan's in hot water. She called Blackpool a war zone. Which, if you've ever been to Blackpool, is a very apt description of the biggest dump on earth. It was ghastly. I went there years and years ago and we spent programmes and programmes talking about what a dreadful place it was. I mean, it really is... It was just, they've let it go, it just looks sad and sorry and desperate. And she lived up there, she's moved. She's moved out of probably the decent, the only decent thing she's done, although the people of Blackpool are furious. Even town councillors said, well, you know, the, the, the town made the Nolans. I thought, not really, no, they just happened to live up there because it was cheap and cheerful. But she said they've had their car vandalised. You know, you don't expect stuff like that, do you? What's the matter with these people? Mind you, there is the story of a woman who confronted a gang in the car park at IKEA, and she lived to regret it. Uh, some some tow rags who hang around car parks. You know, nasty little. You know, it's a sort of it's these scrubby-looking girls in tracksuits who've got mouths on them like sewers. You know, they are the sort of people who grow up to appear on the Jeremy Kyle show. Uh, there's also uh, the other story of Noel Gallagher who wants to be James Bond. Uh, I did feel sorry for him, and also for the bond people there 's no chance that Noel Gallagher could even go back on stage, I suppose, and sing again, although actually talking to people singing again, Robbie Williams gets lambasted. He goes on stage, and it was either Australia or New Zealand. The bloke gave him such a dreadful review uh, he said listen he can 't even hit normal notes, let alone the high notes, and so pulled him apart. Robbie Williams then goes on stage and pulls this uh, this bloke apart. Um, the unlikely, uh, TV hit at Christmas for ITV is Scylla Black this year. They're thinking they can have a, a programme put together. Uh, tougher screenings for those people going into the jungle. And the hero who foils a raid. He stops an armed robber and, and then he's unfortunately seen stuffing money into his own clothes. So he gets nicked for that. And the woman who died, she was drinking... Pepsi. Other drinks are available, but she was drinking fizzy drink. They've said Pepsi in the paper, but it could have equally have been Coca-Cola. What was she doing? 14 pints of it a day. 14 pints of it a day. Now, we've had this problem before, haven't we, with people who get addicted to fizzy drinks. Luckily, I am not addicted to fizzy drinks. Luckily, I weaned myself off them ages ago. I can do juice. I could do sort of lemon juice and stuff like that, but I can't do fizzy drinks anymore because they just taste too sweet to me. So somebody who is addicted to it, and I've got a friend who likes fizzy drinks, and he was doing he was doing tons of it a day. I don't know why. You know, people think that if you do the the uh, the diet stuff, then it's okay. If you do the diet fizzy drinks, then it means you can drink as much as you like. But I don't think you can. I well, seriously don't, don't think you can. It's also the woman who gets upset because the barista... In Starbucks, I think it was called a hot, and she failed to see the funny side of it. So today we shall redress the balance. You're ugly, okay? There you go. Makes you feel a bit better about life, doesn't it? And also the trials and tribulations of if you've burnt your arm trying to have a shower with the bandage on. And luckily, loads of you wrote to me yesterday uh, saying you need to be careful. So bearing in mind, this has now been dressed, okay? Although to be honest with you, it's uh, I-, I could do with it changing to see what it looks like underneath because uh, it's a little bit sore at the moment, which I expect it to be. But they said to, uh, loads of people wrote in to me yesterday saying, if you want to have a shower, Steve, you need to go and buy this this sleeve that goes over. It's a plastic bag, effectively, quite thick plastic, with a rubber sort of top so that water doesn't get in there. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll go and get one. So I go to the chemist, and of course the chemist I go to has everything. They have everything everything. There is nothing they do not have. In fact, I was going to go and get some tiger balm ointment because I know that they, they would have it. Mr. Shah would have this. So I go in there to get one of these things. She goes oh this. And it's no, it's either called Luber or Lieber or whatever it is. It's specifically made for this purpose. It's terribly expensive. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I thought it was terrible. But I mean, I mean, I wanted it because I was going to have a shower this morning and I thought I'll put it on. So I put it on. And I tested it before, done a little bit of road testing, and that was OK. So anybody else who's been in this situation where you've got bandages on but you can't get them wet, you'll know exactly how I'm suffering. And it's my right arm. It's my right arm. So I put it on this morning, turned the shower on, and uh, and I'm now having to do everything with my left hand. Because the right hand is encased in plastic. And because it's fairly thick plastic, you can't do anything through it. So it just kind of sits there looking a bit useless. Now, the one thing being right-handed I'm used to doing is putting the shower gel and the uh, shampoo in my right hand and do, mainly doing everything with right hand. Trying to do it with the left hand positively could have made a film for YouTube. It was ridiculous. I couldn't reach half my body. I didn't know how to put shampoo in because I put it in my hand. Turn my hand over of course, it all fell off again. So I'm, I'm in the shower and I'm not having, I'm not having a very good experience and I've got to do everything with the one hand before two hands make such a difference. You can't do it with this thing on your arm. It doesn't work. different it was on my leg, but of course my leg wasn't affected. And so I'm sort of struggling this morning. So I was in the shower for about twice as long as I should have been in the shower for. <laughs> in the end, when I got out, I'm then having to dry everything and then take this sleeve thing off my arm and just check that it's all still dry, which it is. And I think what I might have to do today is to go back and get the dressing redone. Because they've said, you know, you don't want it to get infectious. Because that could be a, dar- a disaster. She's already said to me, you're going to be scarred. And I said, yeah, I, I quite understand that. I'm not, uh, I'm, not, I'm not too bothered about scarring. It's on your arm. It's, it's not... Uh, well, it's going to show, isn't it, if I wear a short sleeve shirt. But either way, you were all very helpful, saying, you need to do this, you need to do that, need to make sure you get it changed. And, uh, and I, I knew that there would have been something. Although I told my friend Nicola this morning... ...about it, and she said you could have got a plastic bag, one of those rolls, plastic bag, put your arm in it... ...and then sellotaped it up or put a big elastic band around it, and she's probably quite right, actually. I could have done it for the sake of the uh, huge amount of outlay that I did. But anyway, it's funny, because she sort of dropped down earlier to have a, have a chat. She was telling us about uh, the fact that... Uh, I won't tell you what she was talking about, because that will identify her too much. Anyway, we ended up talking about snoring, and her husband snores, and their, their child was in bed with them this morning... And, uh, and daddy was snoring and she said, can you turn it off? She obviously thought there was like some switch that if you snore and it equally affects men and women, you can turn it on and off a bit like sort of a, a tap or a, or a little switch on the side of the body uh, because snoring is bad and there are people who fit into the into the snoring category. If you eat before you go to bed or you drink alcohol before you go to bed, there's a good chance you can snore. If you smoke, there's a good chance you will snore. If you are overweight, there's a good chance that you will snore. There's lots of contributing factors to snoring and snoring as you know is is basically dangerous. You can you can buy all sorts of things in the chemist. Uh, which they say will help you, like sticky strips that go over your nose and uh, various other things. But they have special sessions at the hospital to try and work out why people snore, because it, it can kill people. Effectively, you, you sort of stop breathing for the moment that you snore. And so it's actually quite quite dangerous. And in fact, some families... Um, End up having separate bedrooms, which I've always thought was an advantage anyway, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> separate bedrooms, Britain. Not much use if you just recently got married, you know, and you're still in the early stages of, hmm, wonder what, what that is. And, uh, and so the, I think the Queen actually, Prince Philip, have separate bedrooms, because I don't know why, but you look at Prince Philip and you think to yourself, I bet he snores like a good one. I mean, my father used to snore. He would fall asleep in front of the television and he'd start snoring within about five minutes. Or, or, it wouldn't be constant, it'd just be a case of like that. And so then my mum would go, "Uh wake up, wake up. You go, yeah, you were snoring. You said, no, I wasn't asleep. I just had my eyes closed. You think, no, no, you were definitely asleep. (laughs) You were definitely asleep. But people don't know, do they? People have no idea. So I don't know if you've got any snoring cures for us this morning. It used to be, what was it? Was it sew a tennis ball into your pyjamas? What happens if you don't have any pyjamas? Do you, do you sort of sew it into your skin or superglue it to the back of your skin? The idea is you're supposed to change the way that you sleep at night. So I sleep on my side. I ca- I know that some people sleep on their back. And that, I think, is when people snore. You can sleep face down. I used to when I was a child. And you turn your head to the side. But that didn't work either. So now I sleep on one side. And then I can turn over. Probably about two or three times in the night I will turn over. You know, I have a fan in, in the in the bedroom which sort of keeps the air cool and, and moving, because I hate, hate, hate feeling claustrophobic. And so if you've got an arm outside the bed, you can wake up, your arm can be frozen frozen solid, which, again, isn't much use for anything. Uh, 84850, oh, sieve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, limbo tend to be supplied by the district nurses. Normal plastic bags, says he, and allow water to seep through. Well, limbo, as I say, I bought in this, uh, in this specialist uh, chemist uh, which sort of has uh, everything, and it's uh, fantastic. So it's great. Uh, you're right about the uh, the puppy charity boxes who got stolen by two lowlifes when they broke into a shop. People do steal things, I'm afraid, nowadays. You have to accept the fact that uh, nowadays, if you see something, and we used to see them outside shops as well, things that, uh, you know, they have to chain them down because people walk off with them. People thieve in this country. It's got It's got so bad. It's almost epidemic proportions. People thieving. Terrible. I noticed there was a police officer going round all the shops yesterday in Twickenham. I'm assuming she was telling people there's a gang who are, who are targeting shops. Coming up to Christmas, there's going to be people going in there, organised gangs, and they will just literally fill up... We had it in March and Spencer. They filled up a trolley, an entire trolley, and attempted to walk out the shop. Hmm. I mean, you can't believe it, can you? But of course you can, because people thieve. And uh, Nicky says, my mum Margaret's having a a cataract operation today. Oh, they're very straightforward, aren't they? They It's like mine when I had the stents. They're sort of very, very, uh, very standard things. They just do it. They don't even think about it, I don't think. I don't think that they they ever worry about stuff like that. That's what we do. That's what we do. Uh, Another one here. Uh, Oh, I've got a great offer for you later. It's not a great... Well, it is a great offer. It's an opportunity to mix with the stars. And it's for people who we've done it before. Do you remember when we've uh, we've done the the Lady Rattlings? And uh, if they have spare tables left over, uh, then they will sell those off to people. And you can go and mingle with a lot of super celebrities. And uh, and I promise you, if you've never been, you'll love it. This is for the Water Rats, which is one of the oldest theatrical and showbiz. Groups of people who do a lot of uh, a lot of good work. They're a lovely group of people. In fact, the offshoot is the Lady rattlings. They're the lady versions of the men in the water rats. And I've got a, a great thing. They've got something coming up uh, nearer the end of this month. And they've got a few seats left and it'll involve dinner, there'll be wine, you could be sitting at a table with all sorts of famous people. I'll give you the, the line-up so far of of, of who, is, who is going. They're always really, really well attended. I've been to a couple of things. I went with uh, Bryn Williams, uh, Bryn and Annie... I went down with and bumped into loads of people, Rick Wakeman, and you bump into some really good people. And there's a really good lineup, including people from Downton on this one and uh, some nice names. So if you want to go, I'll give you details after six o'clock this morning. Plus, we take all your texts and emails steve at lbc.co.uk or 84850. It's quarter past four. Have a good argument. Uh, on Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning, protesters will gather outside Downing Street as the Prime Minister welcomes the Egyptian president, Abdul Fattah el sisi Nick will be asking, is it too soon for diplomatic talks with Egypt? And the government has suspended all flights from Sharm el-Sheikh due to security fears. But what will happen to stranded holidaymakers? Presumably that goes both ways. We're not sending them in and we're not, you know, not flying out either. The row over the religious slaughter of poultry is reignited as vets say new methods could cause chickens pain. I can't help feeling, you know, I don't think there's going to be much sympathy for chickens on this one, is there really? Unless you're a hardened animal lover going, I mean, you know, could they not do it any other way? I mean, I should imagine every animal feels some sort of pain. It's like people who are going to be executed. There's going to be some pet. Will it hurt? Yes, it will. Absolutely. And a report says boys should do cheerleading to promote gender equality in sport. They could be asking, are there any sports that boys shouldn't play? Well, I think netball's a bit out, don't you? Netball, synchronised swimming. don't see any boys doing synchronised swimming. You only see girls doing synchronised swimming. That'll be Nick and the team this morning at 7, after the morning news with Lisa Aziz. Camilla Tomine, the royal editor of the Sunday Express, will be in looking at the papers. Are there other things that boys can't do? That, uh, that girls do, or girls do that boys can't do? I do think the synchronised swimming would be interesting. Why can't it be boys doing it? They must, they must better do it. Perhaps they can't hold their breath long enough. Perhaps it just don't look good doing sort of those sort of figures and shapes in the in the pool and netball. Uh, Beverly tells me that Brewdog uh, in Soho are selling the world's first transgender beer. I had to check the calendar as well. No, they are actually selling a transgender beer, saying we care more about freedom than labels. I suspect you know it's it's sort of it's a little bit tongue in cheek. Uh, so how does a beer warrant the description of transgender? Simple, the beer is brewed using hops which have changed sex prior to harvesting. <laughs> that's well, that, Listen, don't don't tell me that's what they've said it is. Transgender beer. Do you think people would buy it as a novelty? I suspect they actually might buy it as a novelty. <laughs> uh, 84850, steve lbc.co.uk. I wonder really whether or not people would worry about a transgender... I want some of my plants... Actually, um, aren't snails transgender? Aren't they hermaphrodite snails? Don't they? So aren't they both male and female? A bit greedy, isn't it? Really, I heard on the radio on Tuesday. Says Pauline that artificial sweeteners make your body trigger insulin production. Your brain tastes uh, sweetness and becomes confused. So, not having things that taste sweet is the best thing. Yes, I mean I'm I'm a bit confused about artificial sweeteners. I don't know enough about them. I try not to bother with them, but I'm quite sure that they're uh, that they're, they're good in certain things. Because the idea is you don't want to lose the taste. When they first used artificial sweeteners, they tasted horrid. But luckily, I kind of grew out of stuff like that. The guy says, uh, up for the 4am, because it's my birthday. Nothing worse than sitting there, is there, at 4am, staring out the window, going, I've done the spike. <sighs> Where's the postman? Do you remember that advert on the television? It used to be on years and years ago. It was quite cruel. It was an advert for the post office. And it was a little girl. And, and she's looking out of the window. And, and the postman stops outside the gate. Lucky enough to have a gate, you know, in this and age. Most people have nicked it by now. And, uh, and, and he looks up at the window and he shakes his head and he walks on and the little girl, a little tear goes down her cheek. And then the postman turns round and he comes back because he's got loads of cards for her. He was winding her up. Well, in this day and age, you've had have been in court so fast, wouldn't you, really? That postman would have up, on, you know, in front of the beat. What did you do? He upset my little girl. Why? He pretended he didn't have any cards for her. Ah, oh, hang him. <laughs> so there you go. So guy sitting there, staring out the window, waiting for the postman and hoping that when you get to a certain age, somebody somewhere might have sent a card. But of course, nowadays, people don't, do they? Well, what they do nowadays is people send a text. Happy birthday. Sometimes they don't even personalise it. Uh, I send cards uh, to people. I send e-cards. Not all the time. I have to be reminded I'm not very good at remembering everything. And so people say, it's so-and-so's birthday, so if I can remember to do a card and I keep cards at home. I've been out to the card factory and other shops are available. And I've bought loads of cheap cards, you know, seven for a quid. They just say happy birthday, which is all the card is supposed to say. It's we when you get to about 190, it's got words inside. You know, roses are red, violets are blue, the whole family hates you, why don't you die? That kind of thing. And so, uh just made me laugh, that one, actually. I'll probably get one of those in the future. Hurry up and die, so we can split your money. Can I have the, the amount of people who say to me, can I have your car? I'm not even dead yet, and already people are trying to divide up your property. It's a bit embarrassing, doesn't it? <laughs> I like that old one from years ago, which was, you know, to so-and-so who said, I'd never remember you in my will, hello, Maury. Actually, talking of that, talking of that, do you know Victoria Beckham's just had a new tattoo done in Hebrew? I don't want to be rude, but she's not Jewish. What's she got a Hebrew tattoo for? Or is this to sort of try and ingratiate herself into sort of a community she's not part of? Very strange that one. Very strange. Uh, so anyway, uh, did you see Joanna Lumley on Elvis and me? I did not. I've seen the clips. I'm going to have to to watch it. At some point, because, you know, big fan of Joe, and uh, she was in for our in conversation. They're doing the film at the moment. Oh, actually, that was something I was going to tell you. I'm turning on the lights in Twickenham on the I think it's the 22nd of this month. It's a Sunday and I'm doing it with Jane Horrocks. You know, Jane Horrocks bubble from Ab Fab. Well, she lives in our area. In fact, we've, we've mentioned her on the programme loads of times and she's she's going to do it with me. So, in fact, she, she, I'm going to make her do it all, actually, i <laughs> decided. She's, she's lovely. So, Jane Horrocks and Steve Allen, Christmas lights, Twickenham, 22nd. I can't remember what time it is. It'll probably be something like four, five o'clock, something like that. So, that'll be nice. Uh, Steve is somewhere over the Atlantic, I suspect, actually, mid-Atlantic, this time from the Norwegian escape on her maiden voyage from Southampton to Miami. And uh, he said, uh, the attached is during a sunny moment. It's mostly waves and sea. Isn't that funny, actually, Steve, that when you get... And I only realised when I went on one of these big ships and we went out of Southampton, and it was lovely, don't get me wrong. I thought it was, I thought it was very well done. But when you get into the middle of the ocean, there's nothing. You'd, if there was somebody floating around there, you'd never see them. Because I promise you, it's just... You'd think that it's all calm out there, but it's not. It's just It's just waves. It's just waves. So he sent me a picture. Freestyle daily, they get them. A- Ooh, we're-, we're posh. We've got an outside cabin. I like an outside cabin. With a balcony. But you look out at the waves that this thing creates. And-, and just anyway, you would never see anybody, even if they were wearing bright orange floating about in the water. So somebody wearing normal clothes, you'd never see them. Never, ever see them. It's very odd, isn't it, really? And uh, Pete says, I, Steve, I'd give my right arm to be ambidextrous. I know. The trouble is, it started aching a little bit. I don't think it's anything to worry about. I think it's because it's quite quite a bad burn. I knew it was a bad burn when I walked in there. And uh, they went, ooh, come and do that now. Come and do that now. Uh, right, what else are we going to do? Oh, we're going to go through the uh, the papers. I'm worried about the speed cameras. I have to be honest, I'll be brutally frank with you and put my cards on the table that I have been over 70 miles an hour on the motorway. I ha- It's very easy in my car to actually go over 70... Uh, 70 miles an hour. And also the cars that passed me, I always think, oh, great, you know, passed me. I couldn't really care less, actually. And uh, another one here. Uh, My man was a dreadful snorer, Steve. He had surgery. Snoring stopped completely after it. He then cheated, so I dumped him. <laughs> I like that. That's what goes around, comes around, isn't it? I think it's absolutely amazing. Um, another one says, I hope you're not in pain. Nothing worse uh, pain than a burn. Yeah, a lot of people tell me about these machines which can stop uh, snoring. Is this a, it's a breathing machine, isn't it? I'm pretty, I'm pretty certain that it's like, it's like a breathing machine. And it can, but you've got to go to bed sort of connected up to a machine. Sally says there's one thing men don't do. They don't grow up. Take care of your burn. Yes, I mean, I think it's, I think it's absolutely fine. Uh, there's also the story of the Cyprus migrants who prove that uh, they don't want safety. They want dosh. They've started reacting badly. I think they thought they were in Britain. And so they sort of arrive there. You'd think they'd be grateful for three meals a day and being looked after. No, they've started setting fire to things. You think, I don't think we really want these people here at all. There's nothing, nothing uh, wrong with them at all. They appear to have come from very safe countries, very safe places. What they want to do is get here and, uh, and sort of then take full advantage of the system. Unlikely, unlikely. Uh, a wedding ban for a couple wanting to get married. Uh, two people, two men, wanting to get married. And the reason they've stopped them, it's father and son. But it's more complicated than that. It isn't just father and son. It's father and adopted son. Father 73, son 68, I think. It's a really odd situation. They did it for financial reasons. Not in this country. It's in uh, America. So we'll tell you about that story later on. Uh, Also, you live longer in the Lebanon than you would if you were brought up in Blackpool. It's proven, Okay. Uh, Plus, we wish you a Merry Christmas... And if you're expecting some vocalising, forget it. I tried it in the office, didn't sound as good as a producer who could do it. So the the clue is there, Chew. We wish Chew a Merry Christmas. It's Chewbacca. And it's the fact that they reckon the Star Wars sets this Christmas could be the thing that everybody's going to go crackers for. But still early
0: days. It's Steve Allen on LBC. Hello, twenty six minutes to uh, to five. It's
1: Steve Allen. It's uh, it's Thursday the fifth of November. Diane says uh, David Beckham is Jewish on his mother's side. Oh God, maybe Vicky Beckham's tattoo means something to him. No, it, it's just it's two of the kid's names. It's something about eternal something. It's all very uh, t- it's so tacky, isn't it? So so tacky. Uh, Malcolm says try a body pillow. What the Dickens is that? What the Dickens is a body pillow? I've never heard of such a thing. Quite like the idea of it. It's, it sounds quite good fun. A body pillow. There's all sorts of things you can get, isn't it? I've lost track of how many pillows I've tried over the years. And uh, as you know, I I can sleep really well. In fact, yesterday I had to make a couple of phone calls, and uh, and I thought, "Gee, I'm going go to go." And I looked at the clock, and it was it was twenty past five. And I thought, "You know, it's twenty past." I do want to go to sleep. I want to go to sleep. So I climbed into bed and I was out within seconds. I never have any trouble. I woke up again, I think, at about quarter past ten. Went to the bathroom, came back, climbed into bed, out again till the alarm went off. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, I'm enjoying the show, says Mick. Don't normally listen, as I don't live in London, but in Peterborough. And I'm normally asleep anyway. You can Podcast. We don't want excuses. I've never heard such a thing. I know you live in Peterborough. It's not your fault. I mean, that's obviously for financial reasons. Anyway, he says, I'm in Saudi Arabia at the moment. Come back to the UK tonight for a week. So I'm enjoying listening via the net. You can do the same in Peterborough. You can download. You can have a, you can have a listen to the programme on sort of catch up. Years ago, says Pat, my partner sent off an anti-snoring device, which was a soft rubber contraption that he inserted into his nostrils to keep the airwaves open. I've seen them. Unfortunately, one night he snored so hard it shot across the room and the dog ate it. He now wears a mouth guard, which makes his lower jaw protrude, making him look like Herman Munster, and stops snoring a little bit. Luckily, I only see him on Saturday night, so I can catch up my sleep the rest of the week. I bought something years ago to stop snoring, because I went away for a weekend. Biggins was having a... he was down in Pantomime in South End, and so he invited a house full of people down there. There was about ten of us. And I thought, what if I snore, what if I snore? Oh, no, not, let's not risk it. So I bought a device... And what it was was a little box with batteries in, two little batteries, and on the back of the box were two little electrodes, two little pointy metal things. And you put it on your wrist as if it was a wristwatch, and you turned it on, and if, it had a little loudspeaker in a little speaker, tiny little thing, about less than a quarter of an inch across. And if you snore, it gave you an electric shock. And so the idea being that it gives you a shock and you then change your position of sleeping and then you carry on. Well, this thing was so sensitive, you only had to, you only had to sort of move your hand a little bit. And you go, ah! It was absolutely lethal. I ended up sleeping with the hand outside of the bed and in the end I took it off. I thought I'd rather snore, you know, and upset people than, than worry about anything else. It was so dangerous, so dangerous, and I, I think I ended up uh, throwing it away. Throwing it away. Uh, another one here. Oh, it's all, A lot of people talking about the Sharm el-Sheikhs, you know, booked for Sharm el-Sheikh, and now, obviously, not going to Sharm el-Sheikh. <laughs> because they, they've just said, uh, they, it's nothing to matter with Sharm el-Sheikh, it's the airport. And they're now saying that this Russian plane, it could have had something fitted to it by the people who are filling it up. They don't know. They really don't know. They don't, you know, they, they they've been through all their other checks, and I suppose we really have to have to check even more, don't we, just to make sure that uh, that people, you know, are sort of safe. And I, I noticed that Darren was talking earlier on about, you know, do you feel safe flying? And I always think, yes, I do. Because if anything's going to happen, you know, it, you're not going to know about it. It's going to happen very, very quickly. So for that reason, if we worried about that, we wouldn't drive cars, we wouldn't get on public transport, wouldn't do anything at all. We'd all end up sitting indoors going, oh, I'm frightened. You've got to get out there and do it. Although years ago, who'd have thought you'd have actually found idiots, you know, people who went straight to hell, who strapped bombs to themselves and then just detonated. I saw the pictures in Mumbai the other day in the papers. They were showing pictures of a sort of bomber who's going out there with, you know, with bombs attached to him to ignite. And you think to yourself, you've got to be the dumbest person in the entire world. You know, where do you think you're going? Going to heaven. You're going straight to hell. And in pieces as well. So that's, uh, you know, we we don't really care about these people. But who'd have thought years ago? Who'd have thought years ago? That's what you would have would uh, would have uh, would have seen. Um, it's a, an oxygen mask, says Tony, which goes over and uh, air is pumped through. I have one, but I can't stand it, as it limits your movement in bed. Oh, right. Uh, interesting. interesting. That's what I thought it was, actually. I, I thought it was uh, like a little oxygen thing, and so it, uh, it then sort of keeps you going. I mean, do you buy it, or is it on prescription, or what, what is it, actually? What is it? I've got no idea. No idea. And uh, another one here. Let's try and get in as many of these as we can this morning, since it's only 21 minutes to five. Um, a lot of people say, you know, about, about the snoring thing. And obviously, is it an age thing? Is it? I mean, children don't snore, do they? Children don't snore. Well, as far as I know, they don't snore, unless, of course, you know somebody can tell me differently. I do like the story of uh, of the bungalow, and uh, and they sold it. it was, uh, they paid twenty seven grand for it, worth about hundred grand when they sold this bungalow. So it can't have been anywhere in London. But it was the contents inside the collection of pottery that they reckon was worth the best part of a million pounds. <gasps> That's people who've sort of been out and they bought wisely and they've known what they're buying. It's a picture of Victoria Beckham. They say her, um, she looks like she's been following her, her pal Madonna's fitness example. Her pal Madonna, since when was Victoria Beckham? A pal of Madonna. They have to link them, don't they? I think the Beckhams are actually out on a limb by themselves. I don't think they have these. I think what they have is sort of a little showbiz people. And so Dave will go, I'm going to a football match. Anybody want to come with me? And Tom Cruise will go, well, I can't because I'm down at the church today. Uh, why don't you come to the church, Dave? Oh, I don't think I understand that. And so he wouldn't be going down there. And so it's an opportunity. And then they suddenly realise that the Beckhams, everything that they do, is... I mean, you don't even see Tom Cruise in the papers every day, but you see the Beckhams. And so here is poor old Victoria, looking a bit emaciated. And they say, showing off her trim figure. I don't think anybody's ever called it trim. Nobody's ever called it trim. And here she is with her boys, Romeo and Cruise, at this launch. And you sort of look at them. They've sort of got little American boys' hairstyles. I wonder what they sound like. Do you think they sound British or do you think they sound sort of part Americanese? And here is the sad story of a mum, Victoria Lane, 38. She drank up to four two-litre bottles uh, of the fizzy drink Pepsi Max. She was doing Pepsi Max. Uh, The safe caffeine consumption per day is four cups of coffee, 400 milligrams. Um, And she was doing death by caffeine, basically. She struggled, struggled with anxiety and paranoia after being involved in a serious car crash when she was 16. I mean, she was 38, so it's obviously gone on for some time. And um, so she had medication that gave her a dry mouth. She was drinking up a, up to a litre of vodka a day. Good God, she had a set, didn't she, really? A coroner ruled it was the caffeine in the cola, combined with prescription medicine, which killed her. Her heartbroken only child, Reese, who's 19, described his mum as amazing and recalled the shocking moment he discovered her lifeless body. Which is terrible really isn 't it i mean it 's an awful lot, so it was the, a combination of the drug she was on and drinking eight litres of Pepsi max a day. I mean that seems like a hell of a lot. I suppose if you 're addicted to something though and the you know that 's the the problem if you 're on drugs that make your mouth dry, then you have to do something for it and she thought if she drank loads of Pepsi max, that kept her mouth fairly moist, but unfortunately, at the same time, it was killing her, which was not uh, good. I mean she was on twice the daily limit twice you know if, if the daily limit is 400 milligrams she's on 800 milligrams and I bet there's a few of you listening at the moment going but I drink a fair amount I, I could drink a litre a day easy well you know she, she's doing even more than that and it is it's easy to pick up on if you wrote down everything that you put into your body in the course of a day and then sat down at the end of the day and uh, and tried to work out exactly you know what it is you've actually eaten because you don't remember half the time you do not remember exactly what you've eaten and what you've what you've drunk in the course of a day because you forget if you wrote it all down every time you had something you start going oh my god yesterday i did buy you'd be very proud of me very proud of me indeed having spoken about it on the program i thought i'm going to try it i did go out and buy a loaf of bread i did go out and buy some low fat butter uh which is spreadable straight from the fridge which means it's got chemicals in it. And and I did go out as well, and and I bought two avocados. And I'm going to have, at some point, avocado on toast. Everybody I've spoken to goes, Mmm, that sounds quite exciting. And I've said, you know, it does. Avocado and hot buttered toast. Or failing that, I suppose you could just have an avocado sandwich, couldn't you? Just sort of slice it and then put it in some bread and butter, and then fold it over. If it's only half that butter, that's not too bad, is it? Isn't it? I thought that was quite a good idea. Anyway, so I'm going to try today hot buttered toast with avocado. <laughs> Making my mouth water already. And I and I've checked on the uh, avocados. They're absolutely perfectly right. Uh, Stan says the sleep machine is called a CPAP unit. It monitors the breathing level. Sleep study tests can be organized by your GP. That's if you think it's if it's bad enough, I suppose. And then do you get the machine for free, Stan, or is it do they make you pay for it or is it on loan? And you keep it for the rest of your life. Because I move about in bed. If I'm going to be connected up to tubes, not that I think I snore badly or anything like that. But um, if you're connected up to tubes, it's going to make it a bit difficult to start moving about, isn't it? I would have thought so. Uh, EastEnders actor Matt D'Angelo will leave the soap after his second rape storyline when his character Dean Wicks attacks screen girlfriend Roxy Mitchell. As I haven't seen EastEnders for ages, I've got no idea at all what they're talking about. But uh, I just find it amazing. They go, and he's going to leave the soap. It's a second, uh, second rape charge. And you think, oh, my goodness me, actually. Avocado on toast, says Stephen Milne, who is now back in the country. And, um... And looking good on it. He says, avocado... I've lost the blooming thing now. Where is it? Come here. Yes, avocado on toast with black pepper. My mum used to always make it for me. Avocado on toast. Actually, I'd never heard of it before. The reason it, w- it was mentioned is that Nigella Lawson did it. And people criticised her. People wrote and said, ooh, I'm not paying the licence fee for this. Because she's just put avocado on toast. Well, I tell you, sales of avocados are going to go through the roof. People going go... So, and this is good fat. Avocado is good fat, so I mean, I th- I thought yesterday, uh, having bought the avocados, I could have one on toast and sort of carve it quite nicely, and that'd be lovely. And then I can go and get some prawn cocktail and put some avocado with that as well. Because, and then, in fact, actually, now we're talking a wrap. Now we're now we're talking some pita bread toasted, and then oh, i was getting a bit excited. But everybody does it. Avocado on toast is quite... If Stephen Milne does it, and his mum used to do it for him, obviously a very, very wise woman, sounds delightful, doesn't it? Avocado on toast. I'm going to try it today. It's got to be thick bread, though, hasn't it? If you're going to toast it, really make it worthwhile. So thank you, Stephen, for that one. Uh, still to come, you live longer if you live in the Lebanon. That's a surprise, isn't it? Uh, way down the list is poor old Blackpool again. and uh, And for boys... And for girls as well, we'll tell you, the newborns, where do they survive best? Where are the good places to live and where are the not so good places to live? Quarter to five.
0: This is Steve Allen on LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. It's amazing how many of you have got these snoring problems. It's been amazing how many of you know about this uh, c rap machine thing. That, uh, you then go and they... It's, it's sleep apnea, isn't it? That's what it is. It's interrupted sleep. The amount of people I speak to who say, oh, I only get by on about four hours sleep a night. And what I tend to do is, because, I, because people say to me, oh, you're going home to bed now when I finish. And I go, no, no, I've been to bed. I've actually had the sleep. So what I tend to do is I tend to go home. Yesterday I was home really early uh, because the arm was hurting a little bit. And I thought, oh, no, I'd rather be asleep. And I just had a doze for an hour. Actually, it turned out to be about more like 45 minutes. And then got up because I, I cannot stay in all day. I was talking to somebody and they said, oh, what have they done? I said, they've been in bed all day. I said in bed all day. Good grief. I mean, it's quite nice. If you don't have anything to do and if you are sleeping and dozing on and off, then it is your body's way of telling you that you need to get a little bit more sleep. But if you've got stress and stuff like that, you tend to sort of sleep less than you would do if you didn't have any stress in your life. I think everybody needs a bit of stress. I think everybody needs something um, to sort of to keep. If you haven't got anything to worry about, what's the point? you going to have something to worry about, haven't you? So, if you live in the Lebanon, you're going to live longer. This is newborn boys. Life expectancy in years. Okay, these are the, uh, the places. Uh, so, the lowest life expectancy for boys. Newborn boys. Number ten, Corby. Now, I seem to remember we've spoken about Corby before. Is Corby the place where they make uh, steel? I could be wrong. Stoke-on-Trent. Kingston-upon-Hull. Liverpool, Middlesbrough, Gwent, Burnley, Manchester, and top of the list, Blackpool. Uh, The highest, so for sort of babies living longer, uh, Mole Valley, at number 10, Mole Valley. Hart, uh, Uttersford, Christchurch, South Cambridgeshire, Harrow, East Dorset, St Albans, and Kensington and Chelsea. Obviously, people in Kensington and... Sh- What's that you're eating? In Kens... Is that cereal again? What's it with... you? It is... Is it not cereal? What is it? Is it... Cornflakes. Are they drenched in ice-cold milk? My favourite word, drenched, in ice-cold milk. I love... They're wet. (laughs) Wet cornflakes. How lovely. I've got some porridge at home, actually. It's the most boring thing I've ever eaten in my entire life. How can anybody ever get off on on porridge? Uh, For girls, uh, the lowest rate is, again, Manchester, Blackpool. Middlesbrough is number one for girls. But the best place... Uh, for young girls, is Chilton, Kensington and Chelsea fits into it, but Chiltern and Camden. Camden? 86.7%. It's good. Very good indeed. Camden, I wouldn't have thought so. Have you been to Camden recently? But Blackpool, definitely not. Definitely not for anybody. It's, uh, it's all sort of to do with a, a mixture of what the area is like, uh, what food is available and stuff. I'm sure there are very nice places to eat in Blackpool, but the majority of it is TAT. It is tat. It looks run down. It looks sad. It's full of hen doos and stag do's. I thought they were trying to cancel those out and saying to the hotels, can't you find any other business out there? You know, there must be something. So people go there for these cheap weekends where you drink as much as you like and get completely blathered for about five quid. And then they go off and there's always the girls, aren't they? There's always one with L plates on. It's the naffest thing ever. You know, it really is tacky. They all turn up either at the airport, if they're flying to Alicante or somewhere like that, and they've got wings on or something, and you look at these poor people and you think, in a few hours' time, you're going to be so drunk you won't even remember any of it. And then there's the one who's getting married... And there she is with her L plates on and her wings and her pixie wand and all this (laughs) pixie wand. What's a pixie wand? (laughs) And you look at them and you think, I'm so glad I'm not going to that resort. And then you look at the ticket and think, oh, God, I am going to that resort. (laughs) You don't want to be on a plane with hen or stag do's, do you, ever. They're just the worst. Luckily, we do get them in London. And you can always tell when they've been down to London on a weekend. We come down from up north to do a weekend in London. And you know how he can tell them? Because at 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning, they're all pulling their cases around London, going off to do things, but pulling the cases because the hotel's gone, Check out time, 10 o'clock, thank you very much indeed, because they've got to get it ready for the next people coming down from Manchesterford. And so you see them all walking around Covent Garden, all sitting down having a croissant in the sunshine or the rain, depending on which day you pick. And they've all got their, their cases by their side. I would get endless amusement out of going, they've come down to London for a weekend. And it's either. And if you get a group of more than six girls, it's a hen night. It'll be a hen weekend. We've been down, and it's Sunday morning, and we've got stinking hangovers. So we're going to go and find some some breakfast. (coughs) Excuse me. Did I tell you the other week? I did tell you we went to. I liked on a Sunday morning, do the walk, then go for breakfast. And breakfast can either be scrambled egg on toast, or toast and coffee, or croissant, and uh, or an omelette, or something like that. And uh, we do we do various places. I tend to find the best omelets were patisserie Valerie. Other places are available, but they're not as good. And so we, I tend to have that. Cause it comes with a little bit of salad. So I feel as I'm, I'm eating the rabbit food as well. So that's a bit that's a bit good. And then we went to another place, the Ivy in Covent Garden. Not the Ivy, which is the one they go. This might be an offshoot of it in Covent Garden, which is nice. If remember the first time we went there, the kitchen must have had a breakdown because we waited like over an hour to order breakfast and it was that slow which is too slow for an empty place so we go there two weeks ago I don't know why we went again actually because it's it's possibly the most expensive place I've been for breakfast and the tables aren't big enough if you're sitting down at a table and you've got a pot of tea and a pot of hot water and a little jug of milk and a cup and then there's two plates there's no room seriously why can't they just make tables bigger or at least admit to the fact you know with a smaller plate well, so we have this, and and when we we went in there, there might have been ten people. The place can probably seat, I would think, one hundred and fifty, two hundred people, and there's about ten people sitting at different tables. And she just, yes, I'll, I'll need the table back in about an hour's time. You think, what what is this? What is this stupid snob thing that goes? We need the table back. Of an evening time, I can imagine that would be that would be fine, but at breakfast. You know, when the place is three quarters empty and they go, we need the table back." Why? What's happening? Is there a barbecue taking place, dear? What is it? What are they going to do? If you're just very slow eating, I wonder what they would do. Would they come over and go, you need to eat quicker? And you go, I've actually got an eating disorder. I can't. I have to cut my food up. Very, very small. One eighth of a piece would do it for me just to just to see what they would say. Well, you'll have to eat it somewhere else. Well, I, I can't. Well, we did tell you you'd have to have the... I've never heard of a place saying, at breakfast, we need the table back. Pfft. So that's off the list, I'm afraid, now. You know, they're going to have to ingratiate themselves with me to get me back in again. I just think to myself, why do they treat everybody as if we're tourists? In London, you know, there are loads of us who live and work here and have done for donkey's years. You know, 40 years plus. And they go, oh, we need the table back. I'm not passing through. I live here and work here. I've done this with sort of local places where, you know, people have to be very careful. You open up a restaurant in, you know, wherever you are, Richmond or, you know, Kingston or Twickenham or wherever it happens to be, or Hampton, and it's local trade. You don't get somebody passing through going, oh, I think we'll go to eat in Twickenham or we'll go to eat in Richmond. People live there and go and eat. You get bad service, don't go there again. Word filters out very quickly. And very shortly, the place is scraping a living. Because, you know, you've got to treat local people properly. It's like shops, isn't it? You treat people the way you would expect to be treated. I've lost track of the amount of places I've gone into where I become invisible. I walk through the door and that's the last people see of me. They can't see me at all. And so eventually somebody goes, oh, can I help you? And you go, no, you finish your chat first. Come back to me when you're ready. You know, there's no particular rush. (laughs) Dreadful. Uh, Over in uh, the jungle which I believe starts on the 15th of this month. Although, what bunch of deadbeats they're going to find, I cannot imagine. Uh, in previous years, they've had useless people like um, like uh, Gemma Collins, who survived about three days. She started doing the uh, the drama queen bit within, I think, the first day when the helicopter arrived. I'm, I'm totally of the opinion she was just a fraud from start to finish, never been allowed anywhere near it. Now they're giving them proper psychological uh, tests and screenings. And... Um, and so, you know, they have a duty of care to these people to make sure they're fit for purpose. Gemma Collins lasted, I think, three days. And then she said, I'm going to give the money to charity after all the papers beat her about the back of the neck with it. And uh, it took her long enough to get round to that. But uh, she then wailed, I'm going to be sick. I can't do it. No way. And then she went off. And to be honest with you, the, the world was a better place. And then stupidly, they put her forward for it again this year, they said. Oh, she'd very much like to do it. No, we, we'd, we, we'd rather just see the back of you, dear, as you exit into the sunset. That would be very handy for us. Stay in the sunset. Go away. Don't ever come back again. Because frankly, you're a you're a big embarrassment. Polly Hudson talking about no girl competing with an overprotective mum. This is uh, Vic Beckham again. It's almost like you know. I mean, you know, the Bible gets mentioned less than the Beckhams. Perhaps we should start talking about the Bible a little bit more. Anyway, they're saying that she's very protective over Brooklyn and about the girl he's going out with. Yeah, they have to make sure she's up to being photographed every minute of the day and uh, into the family who, who... We don't really know what they do, actually. I'm not too sure. We're not too sure if the kids go to school. If so, why have we not seen any pictures of the boys in their school uniforms? We've had pictures of them everywhere else. There are no pictures of them on the beach. No pictures of them enjoying themselves. Brooklyn and uh, Brooklyn's taken pictures of his girlfriend, because he's got a girlfriend. Very exciting, very exciting. And, uh, and Romeo and Cruz, well, we've had pictures of them dressed up for their little Burberry things. And that's very sweet. But no, no pictures of them doing any butch sports, like football or anything like that. Or, or sort of going to school with their little satchels. So it's obviously carefully controlled of exactly what pictures you can see of them. As long as it's got labels in there, that's what mummy thrives on. You know, the day will come when when Victoria Beckham is going to age so badly that she won't be going out and she becomes a recluse. And then then people will be going, oh, we haven't seen a picture of uh, Victoria Beckham for a week. What does she look like? She's not going out. Why? She's not going out. And she'll have had surgery or something and she'll have turned into the Bride of Wildenstein. It's the kind of thing that I'm sure must worry her quite a lot as she heads up to 40. And between 40 and 50, as I've pointed out before, it whizzes through. And 50 to 60, it whizzes through. Terrible, really terrible. Uh, We wish Chew a Merry Christmas. These are the must-have toys for the festive season, ladies and gentlemen. These are the things that you're going to be wanting. Now, sometimes they make mistakes. Sometimes they go, oh, it's going to be Star Wars. And then you get to Christmas and people go, actually, not this year. It could be Lego. And who knows, we'll have to wait and see, won't we six jobs, nine pay rises and an affair, that's what your life's work comprises of six jobs, nine pay rises and an affair, Uh, the woman who failed to see the funny side of the message from the barista on the side of her coffee oh, she's a right misery, a right misery he called her hot, you know, you'd think it was a compliment, oh god no oh, she's kicked off big time Uh, The benefit scrounger who forgot she had 12 children. The hero who foiled the raid, and then he nicked some of the cash
0: in prison. There's a bit of a Christmas benefit for all of us. This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC, text 84850, Steve Allen on LBC.
1: Morning, a pretty nice heavy company. I've decided if I hide outside the studio as it goes into the piece of playing music, it really frightens the producer. So much so that I could sort of I could hide under the table here and he wouldn't know because you can see him going, Steve Steve and then of course he doesn't hear it. So I creep in quite quite quietly. And well that's what just happened a moment ago. Uh, a ding dong 10. Yes, they're battling over the news audiences. Can't imagine why. Most people are listening to LBC. Noel Gallagher wants to be James Bond. Yeah, and pigs might fly. Colleen Nolan in hot water. Why? She said that Blackpool's a war zone. Well, it is. The hero who foils the raid and then he nicks the cash. Uh, God rest ye merry gentlemen. And I'll tell you all about that one. And the OAP, she goes out shopping in the the car. She comes out of the place, she gets in the car, the fog comes in, 50 miles she drives away from home. She's got no idea where she is. No idea. We said that fog was pretty dangerous. I knew we'd find somebody... Uh, tougher screenings for those going into the jungle Because they don't want any more disasters Like Gemma Collins I think she should have had a screening before she ever appeared on television Because to be honest with you, she's not fit for purpose Most of those, those people have been total disasters In the programme But they, they call them celebrities And then stupidly they put them up on television programmes Where they have to, so they're away from their comfort zone You know, which is generally shouting abuse at each other Which is how most of the reality shows work And they, and, and they fall down Because they can't contribute anything. They don't actually have any intelligence. There's not one of them who could survive. They're just sort of, just like people put makeup on us and like we go out there. And then, and our our reality shows are dreadful. They've got the London based one, haven't they? A London based reality show. Ghastly people. The one in Cheshire. God, I wouldn't give you 30 pence for any of them at all. The only decent ones are the Americans. The Americans, because they don't realise what we realise, which is that we like watching revolting people. But revolting people with money. You know, the ones over here are peasants. They're all peasants. There's nobody on any of these reality shows who is who is worth hanging around with. I can't think of anybody. who would be remotely... You know, you go into a nightclub and there's somebody from a reality show, you'd be out the door straight away. What are you letting them in here for? You don't want any of those sort of people going to nightclubs. It's not, uh, it's not good. It's not good for business. And I think there are a number of nightclubs that know... Um, that know, really, that they, they wouldn't want these sort of people in. You know, they, they really wouldn't, because the, there's no reason why you want somebody of, of sort of low rent. Trying to find decent coffee in town, we find impossible. How do we ask in these coffee shops for a normal coffee? It's either too weak, too bitter, or tepid. Then in, in our hospital, coffee, a black coffee with a jug of hot milk. Only once did somebody use common sense. Only place for a lovely tea, McDonald's. No, the only place for a lovely tea is at home. Where you put some hot water in and a tea bag. I've just made myself a lovely cup of, uh, of coffee. And it's gourmet Italian rich evening coffee from Lyons. Other coffees are available. <laughs> and uh, this one, it says it's, it, it comes in a foil pouch and you rip it open, being very careful not to rip the bag inside, which is in itself a bit of an achievement. You put the coffee bag in, then you put the hot water on top and then some milk and then you take the coffee bag out. They say allow it to brew for three to four minutes. Remove the coffee bag, sip and enjoy. And it's a lovely cup of coffee. And that's cost me... I don't know. Well, I tell you what, you get 150 coffee bags for 20 quid, so work it out for yourself. It's a very cheap cup of coffee. Or you can go and buy a jar of coffee. I tend to find that when you have a cup of coffee in any of the uh, the, the, the burger places or things like that, it just doesn't taste very nice. I like the coffee in... Starbucks, I've tried the coffee in Costa and I've tried Nero's and everything else and I come back to Starbucks each time. And yet we've got all the coffee shops where I am. So it's very difficult to actually find something that suits your palate because everybody is different. Every single, every single cup of coffee you have, they're all using different coffees. And so different coffees mean that you end up with different tastes. Patrick says avocado on toast, delicious, but fattening, uh, although good fat. Yes, it is. It's a a good fat, actually. Uh, There is a place that's far worse than all the rest. Rill in North Wales. I thought Rill was nice. I thought... I think... I think Rill is... Isn't Rill nice or not? I think... I think it is. Uh, Make guacamole with the avocado and your buttery toast soldiers to dip in. Oh, no... Oh, no. Well, you can buy guacamole, can't you? Why have I bothered buying the thing? I could have actually done it. And... um, You know, I I could have done it. Nigella mashes the avocado. That's what you're supposed to do, isn't it? And then she put... Does she put dill, lemon juice and chilli flakes in it? Mm. By the way, Iceland's luxury Christmas pudding is yummy. Oh, that sounds good. That sounds good. And um, another one here, which says... uh, uh, My device... This is the CPAP device... Is issued by the sleep clinic at St. Thomas's Hospital every few months. You bring it into Tommy's for a servicing and they download a print of your snoring output. Of your snoring output? <laughs> there was such a thing. <sighs> oh, right. How can you tell when avocado is perfectly ripe, says Declan? Uh, pick off the little pip at the end. Green, underripe. Brown, past it. Cream, just right. Well, I tend to... Um, the, I do it in exactly the same way as I would do a melon. I push around the top of a melon. If I'm doing... Uh, a cantaloupe or something like that, I push around the top. If it's too hard, it's not right. It's got to be just right. And on the subject of avocados, I can, I can pick a ripe avocado, generally speaking, to within an inch of its life. Within an inch of its life. And um, Malcolm says, Jeremy Clarkson. is another one slagging off Blackpool in his newspaper column by saying it's full of drunks, druggies and refugees. Well, I don't know about the refugees. <laughs> I went there ages ago when we didn't have refugees. It, I can guarantee it's full of drunks... I can guarantee it's full of drunks, because that's what they had the problem with. They were trying to up the um, up the appeal of Blackpool. A bit difficult to do when you're starting from a base of zero, I realise. But they were trying to up the appeal uh, by saying they don't want the hen parties there. It's like trying to sort of, you know, up the appeal of Magaluf. You know, not going to happen. Really not going to happen. Magaluf, full of drunks full of ghastly people that you wouldn't want to be anywhere near. You really wouldn't, unless, of course, you were a low-rent chav from the wrong part of the country. And from that, it's probably people from Blackpool going there. But, in fact, Colleen has now sort of... Uh, she she branded it a binge-drinking hellhole, which is, uh, which is a pretty fair description of most places in this country. Uh, she was born in Blackpool. That she said drunken, they are exactly what I've said. The drunken Stag and End part has left it looking like a war zone. Angry councillor Tony Williams <sighs> said she is biting the hand that feeds her. No, she's not. Blackpool never fed her. She fed herself. Blackpool made the Nolans and made her career. It was the support of this town that gave them their break. And resident Alan Clark, 74, <laughs> says, I'm so disappointed. Colleen had told of stags and ends slugging back fishbowls of cocktails and slumped half-naked on the street. Shop worker Claire Henshaw said calling it a war zone is disgraceful. Can't have been difficult to find somebody. Sorry, Colleen's called it a war zone. Disgraceful. That's how you imagine it's been portrayed, isn't it, really? But uh, I mean, I went there. I also called it a war zone. It was ghastly, full of the most dreadful people, the worst hotels I'd ever seen in my entire life, appealing to a certain level of the market. And when you get a certain level of the market, these are people who... We went into what I told you. We ended up reporting. We go into an amusement arcade. I don't bother playing in amusement arcades. I like to look there. And there's a couple, him and her, and they're trying to rock the machine with the pennies in. So, you know, pennies to try and get them to fall into the thing. And, t- and so he's sort of keeping watch, and she's pushing the machine, and then she stood up and kept watch, and he's pushing the machine. And then they're putting their fingers into the slot to try and get the money out. They're thieves. They're thieving. So I went over to the owner, and I said, there's a couple over there trying to rob your machine. He went, thanks, mate. And they're probably just quite used to it. It is just full... It's drunken old reprobates over there. And, uh, and people who survive on burgers and chips and all that kind of stuff. Because it's just tat. It's Tat. It's a seaside resort in the north of England which has kind of fallen on hard times. And now it's been overtaken by the hen and the stag do's. And Colleen's quite right. It is a binge town. People now go there for the wrong reason. Whereas years ago it was kiss me quick hats, stick a rock and a donkey ride. Now it's all changed, I'm afraid. And so you don't get, you know, nice families who want to go to Blackpool. Nice families will go somewhere else. Eastbourne, I suppose. Where else would you go? Bournemouth would be considered a nice place. I was going to say Brighton. But uh, I think Brighton is so full of students now, you wander and it's very interesting. you wander around the lanes, but it is full of bohemian chic everywhere you go, there's a lot of Boho chic, probably a bit of money down there as well, but even so there there are so many students and wherever you get loads of students, you know you know it's drinking and drugs and tattoo parlors, and it just it descends into another level, which is a bit of a shame, and that's the way that uh, it's gone in Blackpool, but they shouldn't pick on Colleen, you know easy target, easy target. It's uh, you know they, they were doing this themselves years ago. The council were doing that. They were trying to up the standard of Blackpool. So when somebody tells them exactly what they know, why should they criticise her? Get ready for the fireworks, says Joe. What with Diwali next Wednesday, they'll continue through to the weekend. Oh, good, good. I might actually go and buy some fireworks. No, I'm no, I'm not. A, there's no point actually. <laughs> I've buy some fireworks. I would have bought fireworks years ago. I would have bought them and I've been quite excited about having fireworks, but I've decided this year round I'll probably just stand on the patio and watch all the ones. Normally, Hampton Court, we get a nice vista from Hampton Court and there's always fireworks around there, so I'll probably enjoy that. And some of the neighbours will have fireworks, so that'll be good. But if you've got pets, keep them in tonight. Please keep them in tonight because a lot of pets, they don't like it. Don't put the cat out thinking, oh, I'll put the cat out now. Good God, the thing will be hiding under the shed if indeed you're lucky to still have a shed by the morning. Uh, and as they've said that the weather is going to get bad tonight and it's going to be wet and miserable, then you've got to be careful, you know, get it, get out there. The kids probably want to watch a bit of fireworks. Why don't you just buy a video? There must be a video that's available called Fireworks and you can just watch them. I've got one called Christmas and that's got fireworks on there. So perhaps you could get them something like that because what, what they haven't uh, seen, they haven't missed. Steve, Rill is not nice. Full of the rejects that Liverpool didn't want. You see, I've always wanted to go to Liverpool. I've never been. I've always thought it was quite romantic because the Liverbirds was there and the Beatles came from there. And I've just always thought if I was going to go to Liverpool, I'd quite like to go on a tour bus. I'd quite like to go round. I want to do the tour bus that operates round our way in Richmond, which is uh, a 60s '60s bus. It's one of those old ones that Nick Ferrari likes. Really, really good, actually. And uh, another one here. Uh, Talking about the coffee that you get. Everybody's taste is different, I've discovered. Everybody's taste in coffee is different. Some people like strong coffee. Some people like a weak coffee. I just like sort of a coffee that that I like, actually. (laughs) I can't can't tell you too much about it. Uh, Apparently, and uh, (laughs) Romeo wanted to play in a football match. So he asked his dad, David, what number should I wear? Heard this one? David said... Wherefore, out there, Romeo? OK, it's quarter past five. Love a good argument. Love a good argument. You just see Boris. Negativity. Negativity. <laughs> Nick Ferrari and the team are doing it this morning. After seven, protesters will gather outside Downing Street as the Prime Minister welcomes the Egyptian president, Abdul-Fatah al-Sisi. Nick will be asking, is it too soon for diplomatic talks with Egypt? Well, mind you, over in Buckingham Palace, uh, Prince Andrew and some of his dubious contacts are meeting the Queen. Very odd. And the government has suspended all flights from Sharm el-Sheikh due to security fears. But what will happen to stranded holidaymakers? That's not just over there. That's the people over here who book. And there must be thousands of you who are booked to Sharm el-Sheikh. It's a very popular resort. But uh, if they can't get you into the airport, what are you going to do? Do you get your money back? You must have paid for your holiday by now if you're travelling this week, I should imagine. The allow over the uh, religious slaughter of poultry is reignited as vets say new methods could cause chicken pain. Why do they need new methods? I mean, what was the matter with the old methods? They're going to be talking about this uh, with Nick this morning. And a report says boys should do cheerleading to promote gender equality in sport. Uh, Nick will be asking, are there any sports that boys shouldn't play? Oh, I I say shouldn't as opposed to couldn't play. Shouldn't. Probably uh, the the synchronised swimming, I think, and netball would be slightly girly, wouldn't it? I can't think of anything else, though. I mean, I I live in a place where we have lots of girls who do sport because there's a sport college down the road. And um, and they seem to be perfectly capable of doing just about anything. So are there sports that boys shouldn't play? I don't know. Nick of the team from Seven. After the morning news with Lisa Aziz, Camilla Tomine, the royal editor of the Sunday Express, will be looking at the papers. Still to come, the uh, the Water Rats have another one of their fantastic do's on. Full of lots of celebrities. They raise lots of money for charity. And, you know, I'm quite big in raising money for charity. In fact, uh, we've got afternoon tea to have through our Making Some Noise charity here at Global. And, and I think I've got two breakfasts to do as well. Looking forward to that one. Can't wait to eat for free. Very excited. Uh, but there is the story, and I'll tell you about the Water Rats a little bit later on, because they've got a great lineup for their uh, for their ball, which I cannot go to. Unfortunately, I have prior commitments. But I am turning on the lights in Twickenham on the 22nd of this month with Jane Horrocks. Gorgeous star of Little Voice and Ab Fab. She'll be turning them on because she's a, she's a local girl from Twickenham. Uh, a reality TV star who said Down syndrome children uh, should be put down had numerous photos on her phone mocking them. This is somebody called, and um, I'm, there's no answer to this sort of person. Ursula Presgrave from uh, The Call Centre, which was shown on BBC Three, had said on Facebook it's cruel to let them lead a pointless life of a vegetable proving just how thick and stupid and ignorant you have to be now to appear on a reality show. When her comments caused outrage, she told police she just wanted people to notice her. Yes, we've noticed you. We've noticed. Uh, She's pleaded guilty at Swansea magistrates... dear, not another one from Swansea. Uh, ...to malicious communication and will be sentenced later. I don't know whether or not that's prison or something like that. And the cruel way to kill chickens... Uh, they could suffer painful deaths due to rules brought in to protect religious freedoms. So in other words, sod the animals, it's religious freedoms now. There was nothing the matter with the way they did it before, was it? The government refused to amend guidelines with Wales and Northern Ireland to ensure poultry is killed humanely. The RSPCA said the decision to support the traditional Jewish and Muslim values means animal welfare has been sacrificed as a result. From today the chickens could still be conscious after being plunged into electrical water baths to kill them. Don't really know what to say about that, actually, apart from Nick Ferrari we will deal with that later. 24 minutes past five, so here's the good Samaritan, Cameron MacLeod. He, uh, He foiled a post office robbery. That was good, wasn't it? Well done to Cameron MacLeod. Unfortunately, Cameron MacLeod is weak and feeble and a thief. Because he couldn't resist temptation, he tackled a knife-wielding crook, Sean Dennis, uh, and saw that he'd dropped cash. Unfortunately for him, he picked it up and he put it into his coat. But he was seen by another passer-by, and uh, they then tipped off the police. Officers then went to his home, and they found it stuffed into a shoe. He'd been a hero when Dennis threatened shop worker Carol Kimber with a knife before it, before filling his bag with uh, with notes at a post office and Nisa store in Hartlepool, Miss Kimber fought back and shut the crook inside. Dennis then smashed his way out with a hammer before McLeod and other passersby stopped him from getting away. Um, apparently, uh, somebody said they, they can't quite understand why you would want to actually uh, do this and steal from from somebody when you've just done such a good act. It took seven hundred and eighty quid. And it tarnished it. He, he will be sentenced later. They don't know what to do with him, really. At the moment, it's a four-week night curfew. Um, and he apparently had money worries. Oh, well, there you go, then. Let's all go out and thieve, shall we? If you've got money worries, it makes it a lot easier. when they People just go out there and they just... St- I mean, he was doing so well. He was doing so, so well. And uh, Danny, my friend Danny, says, uh, My parents are due to fly to Sharm on Sunday... They say they're still happy to go if allowed to fly. He said, "I'd rather put an extra shift in and pay for them not to go." <laughs> I can imagine. The trouble is, I don't know if they can fly. I mean, I'm uh, Danny works. He's a radio presenter um, up north, and I, d- I don't know whether or not up north. I'm so sorry. That kind of that defines you as being north of Watford, as far as I'm concerned. But I, I, I agree with you. That you sort of think I'd rather they didn't go. I know it's it seems selfish, doesn't it? Couldn't they go somewhere else? As what they need to do if they're flying on Sunday, and they're due to fly out to el-Sheikh, which is very popular. You know, surely by now the tour operator must now, now that the government have come back with this uh, statement, and they should say we're now offering people to go somewhere else. But I think we're all at risk. Every time we fly or we get in the car or we cross the road, I think we're all at risk from it. But I understand exactly what you feel. I like the idea of putting in an extra shift. Good God, how much are they paying you on these shifts for them to go? To absolutely not to go. Of course, if they've looked forward to it. People look forward to a holiday, don't they? You look forward to your holiday. You look forward to your swimming with the sharks with that overburgeoning wetsuit. And... <laughs> It was quite funny actually, but it's 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 true, isn't it? People look forward to their holiday. They go, I want to go on holiday. It's dangerous. I don't care. I want to go on holiday, and we are a bit stoic in that, aren't we? We are a bit, you know, to hell with it. What can they do to us? What can they do to us? But we don't want to put ourselves in any danger. If it's if it's if it's entirely possible that we could do something different. So let's know how you get on with that one. It'd be interesting to find out what the, what the tour company are offering. Are they offering full refunds and you can book to go somewhere else? Or are they transferring elsewhere? Because it's the airport that's the problem, I believe. The airport is the, is the problem of they don't want to fly them out from there or fly in from there. So what do they do? Do they bring in more? Because they're now saying that a bomb was placed on board, but they don't know whether or not it was from the people refuelling the planes. They don't know that. They just know that there was a bomb on board, and so I suppose if somebody wants to put a bomb on board a plane, they could literally put a bomb on board a plane. It can't be you can you know, you have these people that seems ridiculous. It sounds like James Bond, where you have sleepers, people who are, you know, intent on doing damage and they can live in a community for years and nothing happens, and then somebody goes now. Jenny says Leicester Square's a war zone every weekend. Uh, I, I wouldn't disagree with you. I'm, I'm absolutely uh, convinced that you could put up barriers at Leicester Square all the way round it. And it still wouldn't keep people out because there's a nightclub here. There's another one at the back of the square. And it's just, it's sort of the centre. It used to be Piccadilly Circus. Now, they put some nice lights up, actually. Piccadilly Circus coming down into Leicester Square. Very much prettier than last year. And then yesterday I noticed on the bus, I don't know if your Christmas lights are all up, but um, uh, down the Strand, they've started putting lights down. The, we've never had lights. Well, not that I've noticed. Unless I've gone blind all of a sudden. But I hadn't noticed lights on the Strand. Just opposite the Savoy, there's something that's gone across the road. So that'll be quite nice. I went to a garden centre yesterday where they didn't have their Christmas section finished. It was nearly there, but they hadn't been finished. Whereas all the other ones that I've been to, the uh, the Christmas sections are up and are running. Don't visit Chester, Steve, without earplugs. They're digging it up for the next year for the new bus station. says Jane. And, um... <laughs> Sorry. Liverpool looks like the Germans have just finished bombing it. I don't know why I want to go to Liverpool. I can't th- there's no logical reason why I would want to go there. I just think I want to go to it. It's a big city. It's got the Mersey. I want to go on the ferry. I want to sing the song. I want to do the whole business. I've been to Manchester. Stayed in Manchester on numerous occasions. I stayed in Malmaison. You know, there's a place that Louis Tomlinson, he, he got thrown out of a Malmaison somewhere because he trashed the room. When I stayed there, it was very sort of what I call... Modern. And I don't like modern. I like traditional. I'm a bit more of a traditional person. I like, you know, old furniture and big, big double beds. I don't like, I don't like sort of anything that's stark. And I used to have a a friend of mine. Well, he's still sort of a friend of mine. It's just he's moved. And his whole flat was all Ikea. And it was all chrome and black furniture. And I found it a little bit... In fact, it, it almost became a bit depressing. The new colour to use apparently is grey. Grey is the latest colour. That's the thing that people like. So grey is the one uh, worth going for. Niall in East Grinstead says, Steve, my life's worth is three jobs, a pay cut and no affair. My wife is just drop-dead gorgeous. He said, this email should put me in the good books. Oh, you're obviously in the bad books then at the moment. If you think you have to go into the good books. <laughs> they were saying that's why, you know, you um, you actually go out there and you have so many things in the course of your life and so you have so many jobs so many pay increases nine nine pay rises in your career and and an affair as well so six jobs nine pay rises and an affair and that's your life's work i'm still waiting for the affair I'm still. I don't think with a bad arm it's going to happen at all. I really don't think so. I don't think anybody's going to be interested. They said to me this morning, "How's everything?" And I went. I was trying to explain, as I did at the beginning of the programme, that trying to have a shower with this plastic sleeve on is just a nightmare. You try doing everything with one. Try putting one hand behind your back for the day and operating with one hand, and it's not the hand you normally use. And I promise you, you'll come a cropper quite quickly. It's five thirty.
0: Steve Allen on LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. 26 minutes to six. I saw a great car number plate the other day. I was going back into into Twickenham and a, and a, and a very nice car was coming towards me. And, and they either get them coming towards me or they're behind me. And I was like, oh, please make them go away quickly. This was a particularly nice car. But the number plate was media. And I couldn't think of what it had been made up of. I, I, I didn't have enough time to look. I just saw media. And i remember thinking, I wonder who that is. It was on a very nice uh, Rolls Ghost, I think it was. But uh, I thought media. I might have to check that one out and find out who owns it. It was certainly very good. one. certainly flasher than mine anyway. Uh, John says, Steve, I live in Liverpool. I spent 25 years in London and the last 10 in UAE, United Arab Emirates. It's changed so much since I left in 79. It's now a truly international university city. People come from all over the world to watch Everton and Liverpool. I was on your show 30 years back. It's not. He says, I worked at W E Record, WEA W E A Records. He says, I still follow your show and enjoy it as much as I did in the 80s. He says, oh, I'm a photographer, stroke filmmaker now, so I'm still in media after all these years. That's a, that's a job and a half, isn't it, to try and stay within the media. 30 years, good Lord, honestly. Been listening to this programme for 30 years. Funny thing is, we were talking about it the other day, and because the, the time slots have changed in the programmes over the years, still the same people are still following the same shows. And even though people sometimes say, I just can't get up at that stupid o'clock in the morning, thank God for podcasting. So if you go to the LBC website, you know that there's a free podcast every day on this programme where we look at the wonderful world of celebrities, uh, ably assisted by the, uh, the producer, who sort of shoves me all these stories and then I sort of make of them what I make of them. And so we have that every day, and that's free. But if you go to the LBC website, it's free to download the LBC app, which means that when you go abroad obviously not to Sharm el-Sheikh, but anywhere else, you can listen to LBC. And if you go to the website as well, which is lbc.co.uk, you can also download this app and you can download and contribute to the podcasting and you can download everything and you get to keep it. It's not just one of these temporary things when your membership expires, you lose everything. No, you get to keep it and uh, you can download everything, every single person's programme from Ian Dale all the way through to Clive Bull, to James O'Brien, to his Mystery Hours, to Nick Ferrari, to the uh, phone-ins with Farage. You can do all of these things. And Boris Johnson and uh, even Nick Clegg is still on the system. And it goes back quite a few years, plus all the in-conversations with all the guests. And this weekend, this weekend is a particularly good one, because Wilbur Smith... The author, the South African author, is going to be with us in the studio and Darren Brown is going to be here as well. He starts a new tour very, very shortly. We had a really, really good chat. Both conversations, really. I say it every week. I know it sounds stupid, but I promise you, I don't think we've had a bad... Co- I've never actually come out of an in conversation and gone, God, that was awful. <laughs> Although I'm sure, you know, with all the will in the world, there'll be something around the corner that goes, this one's not going to work as well. But uh, Darren Brown... Really, really good. Very, very good. He's a, such an interesting man. You know I can talk magic till the cows come home. Uh, and I have to remember that sometimes we can talk about things that you wouldn't understand. So I have to be very careful on what we can talk about and what we can't talk about. But it's a very good interview. Very, very good interview. And uh, and Wilbur as well, who came in with his gorgeous wife. And we recorded that one a little while ago. So his his book is out. I'm hoping tomorrow that Aled Jones is going to... Uh, drop in and we're going to do a recording with him but I'm just waiting for the confirmation of that and hopefully that'll run shortly because all these people have got pantomimes. I'm assuming Alid has got a pantomime coming up as well and uh, we must also try and get Stephen Mulhern in. We haven't managed to get him in yet even though he's in this building quite a lot. On the subject of uh, Liverpool, Norring says we loved Liverpool. And we were up there in the summer. So we did the Fab Four taxi. Brilliant. Took us to all the Beatles homes. Strawberry Field, Penny. You tend to forget that there they exist, these places. Strawberry Fields, Penny Lane, they all exist. And I suppose in London with Abbey Road, when you go down there any day of the week in London, go to Abbey Road and you'll find all the tourists on the crossing. And all the traffic slows down because it's a fairly busy bit of road. And uh, people take pictures of them on the crossing. They want to recreate the Abbey Road. They write on the walls and everything else. So for me to go to Liverpool and see Strawberry Fields and Penny Lane, you know, you'd have to... And I've I've got... I haven't used it up yet. I've got an iTunes card for every single Beatles album and every single film that they made. Every single thing. And, and I thought, I must do this. I must get around to downloading it. Huge fan of the Beatles. Huge fan. Anyway, um, the, the drivers will take excellent photos. They're exactly the best places for views. You can have various length tours. Uh, and uh, there are, though, loads of hen and stag dudes. She said, sorry, when are you doing the tricking lights? I think it's the 22nd of this month with Jane Horrocks. Jane Horrocks and Steve Allen. The meeting of the minds, ladies and gentlemen. Bubbles and, and bubbly. <laughs> so that's... I think it's the 22nd. I think it's a Sunday... I think it's a Sunday. She says, if you haven't done it by the time you, you get to that, please wish little Julie happy birthday. Because uh, everybody's got a birthday at some point. A friend of mine actually refuses to tell me his date of birth. He just goes, oh, it's, it's sometime this year. And that's about as far as it goes. Uh, we're still trying to find out all the, uh, the problems with Sharmel's shake. This is going to affect because today, Thursday, is changeover day. This is when all the people are coming in and the people are leaving. But with changeover day in this particular instance, and because it's Sharm El Sheikh, they've got lots of problems. So they're thinking of taking RAF planes in there to get people out. So at least we know where they've been uh, refuelled. I mean, last year, just to prove how popular Sharm El Sheikh is, quarter of a million people went there on holiday. I personally had loads of friends. They've been there for donkey's years. They love it. They do the all-inclusive Uh, A lot of Russians go to Sharm el-Sheikh, so there's some quite posh bits. I'm told that a bottle of wine is an arm and a leg. Or in the case of the Russians, two arms and two legs. A friend of mine went there. She said it was lovely. She said, but ice creams on the beach were almost prohibitive. It was way, way too expensive. So that's why people do the all-inclusive. What they're going to do now is hopefully... I don't think the airlift will probably take place until the weekend. They've got to make sure the planes are in place. And they're trying to get out, I think, around about 20,000 people. But uh, as well as getting them out, the worry that I have is all the people who are booked to go off to Sharm el-Sheikh, who will probably be flying out today, or thought they were flying out yesterday. And now that the government have made this decision, you're not flying anywhere at all. So I wonder what people are going to do. I wonder what the uh, the tourist people have in place. I wonder what the uh, the tour... Guides are going to be saying about it. I wonder what the, uh, the companies were flying people over. Thompson, I should imagine, fly loads of people over to Sharm el-Sheikh. What are they doing? Are they offering people a, a refund? Or are, they, uh, or are they doing, you know, something else? Wait a minute. Ooh, sorry, I just really jammed my, uh, my mouse on the table. Then A bit annoying, wasn't it, really? Uh, Paul in Manchesterford says... The m- oh, right. Oh, this is interesting. Who do you think owned the number plate media? Who do you think owned the number plate media? Apparently, it used to belong to Max Clifford. Well, it can't have been him driving it, but it was definitely a bloke driving. Google doesn't say who the current owner is, says Paul in, uh, in Kingston. Oh, interesting. It must be somebody who's coming from, from Kingston around that, uh, that way. Media. We'll try and find out. There's Somebody else, James, says, used to belong to Max Clifford. Perhaps it perhaps it stayed with the car. Although, actually, the car didn't look like his... Was it his car? Oh, somebody else could have been driving it, I suppose. I don't know, actually. You've now intrigued me. I might have to find out something else. Liverpool is a lovely place, says Michael. Lovely place. Uh, he's in Manchester, of course. He says, go to Albert Dock. It's amazing. This is where Richard and Judy were, weren't they, in the Albert Dock? That's why it's quite nice. The Scousers are very friendly and very funny. <laughs> Apparently, uh, Liverpool 1 is superb for shopping, lunch or cafes. Blackpool is isn't rubbish, common and horrid. It's full of cheap, nasty, drunk wedding parties. I hate Blackpool. I decline my mate's offer of going to Blackpool every time I feel offended when asked, when asked to go there. Yes, I mean, it, I don't know who it appeals to. I can't imagine... But there might be people, though, mightn't there, who are sort of listening, going, but wait a minute, I've I've booked my summer holiday to go to Blackpool. It might appeal to people. Not up to me. Apparently, boys, says Brian in Bangkok, do play netball in America. But they pour, they call it basketball. Oh, that, yes, it makes it sound butcher, doesn't it, really? Yeah, you're probably right, actually. I have probably got that one completely wrong. Completely wrong. Uh, 84850, Steve, at lbc.co.uk. A lot of people thinking that my book has now been replaced as the Bible in uh, most hotel rooms. And uh, Jim says, <coughs> excuse me, I'm remembering my great friend Kevin who gave me the, uh, the, uh, the Liverpool tour. He would have been 60 today. Would have been 60, yeah, amazing. And uh, Nadia says, I've just seen a convoy of circus trucks heading north up Vauxhall Bridge Road. Must be for the Hyde Park Winter Festival. Oh, I love that. Yes, well, they do have a circus up there. I forget which, uh, which circus it is. Is it... Um, oh, God, there'll be one up there. And very shortly, uh, there will be Winter Wonderland, and they go around the country. There's, there's a winter wonderland, I think, in Manchester. There's one in Glasgow. There's quite a number of them. Uh, the the one in uh, London got absolutely chock-a-block last year. I mean, if, if you left it too late, you were literally, you know, pushing your way through. So it so my advice was always to go early. Don't leave it uh, too late. Graham in Guildford says drove through Blackpool, decided not to stop. Tacky dump. Yes, I mean, I, I can't think... It's the only place I've ever been to where the hotels on the seafront have... Plastic flowers in baskets hanging outside and in big letters on the wall. Real, uh, sorry, what do they put on it? That's right, uh, hot and cold running water in all rooms. I wasn't sure if they meant down the walls. Uh, Stevie Manchester says Liverpool's a truly great city. Why is it people who don't live in in, uh, in Liverpool are saying it's truly great when they live outside of it? Uh, Jason in Ascot says the Christmas section of Long Acres Garden in Windlesham is amazing. I love these Christmas sections. You know, they have companies that go in and do it. They have professional uh, Christmas uh, decorating companies and they go out there and they, that's why it always looks so good. They always look so good. Uh, Kath says, uh, Steve, Blackpool Tower, particularly the ballroom, is fantastic. Oh, absolutely. It's Frank Matcham, isn't it? It is like walking inside a wedding cake. I mean, I'm, I'm not denying that that side of it is the side that you go, wow. That is, you know, that's that's a bygone era. That's a place you go, blimey. That's like going to the Hackney Empire and realising who actually played there here in London. Blackpool Tower, the circus and the, uh, the ballroom uh, are just, <coughs> excuse me, just amazing. Blackpool Tower, I think, is permanently being... Uh, Permanently being sort of painted, because I think because as the sea air comes in, it kind of destroys bits of it. Still worth seeing. Still worth seeing. It's just the rest of Blackpool's awful. It's quarter to six. Steve Allen on LBC. You know, uh, I was listening to uh, James O'Brien yesterday, and he at one point said something, and he said, you know, he said, I don't actually need to know anything, he said, because you, the audience, can find answers. He said, it just makes you terribly lazy. So we talked about this, this number plate, media. Uh, which uh, people have found out used to belong to Max Clifford. Uh, there was a man driving it yesterday. I, I couldn't remember what it was, uh, but uh, but Raj Sowell, who's a personal trainer, and if you saw a picture of Raj, you would know he was a personal trainer. <laughs> he's, got, he's got one of those washboard stomachs. No, seriously, he's got a washboard stomach. And uh, he apparently is based in Southall and Birmingham. So he's obviously a very successful personal trainer. Anyway, he says, uh, media is on a Rolls-Royce Wraith V12, yeah, it's it's certainly black and silver. That's that's a fact. It was uh, it was very nice. Great great pictures. Great pictures. Uh, Carol says I was in Liverpool in October. I recommend the Atlantic Tower Hotel. Great breakfast buffet and views of the pierhead. I've got to go, haven't I? I've got to do this. I, I did. We did do at one point trying to go to different places of a weekend. But then when I started working Sunday, it became a bit difficult to do that. And so I'm having to do it in my mind. Or failing that via DVD, which is, uh, which is much easier, actually. Uh, Samantha, thank you very much indeed. And um, <laughs> uh, Fred says, if you think Blackpool's bad, have you tried South End? Isn't it funny? I love South End. Isn't it funny? I mean, I, I know where you're coming from. And Canvey Island, he says, not much better. South End, I could quite happily go down to. I could quite happily go down to now. I like the Peter Pan playground. Uh, we've been down there with the Godchildren when they were a bit young. They're a bit old now for it, but I still like going down there. I haven't been for ages. That, that was sort of Londoner's day out. Uh, and Hugh says, apparently that media number plate on the car. I see it a lot in Teddington. I wonder who it belongs to now. We could probably get somebody writing and saying, how dare you repeat my number plate on air. I could just tell it's going to be one of those things, isn't it? And uh, Cathy says, better late than never, but I'm now up for the programme, Steve. I think it's absolutely outrageous. This programme starts at four o'clock. There's no point in me starting. I mean, well, I know you're there because we've got the 4 a.m. spike. Uh, and uh, Maiden says the Steve, the oxygen mask you described earlier on is prescribed when you have sleep apnea. So that's the one. Do you remember the benefits mum on the television? You must have seen her. The, they call her the benefits scrounger, Cheryl Prudham. This is the one who has to have designer handbags. Anyway, she's been booted out of her home. And you might think, oh, good Lord, that's that's absolutely terrible. She appeared on a television programme and they suddenly realised that she's crammed 12 children and five dogs into a property suitable for only eight. So the council have kicked her out. But don't worry, she's now in a bigger house. So there you go. That's really good, isn't it? I do hate benefits, scroungers. I don't care who they are. And um, so they've got the new home, which costs you, the taxpayer, £227 a week more than twice the rent in Bootle. Fantastic. Can't wait for the kids to grow up and start working so they can support their useless parents. Goodness gracious me. Uh, Rod Liddell talking today in his column about the uh, the migrants. And he says uh, they've proved that they only want money. They're not interested in safety. They've started rioting. And yet they've got uh, shelter, three meals a day. They're not happy. They obviously want something else. And uh, he says that they don't want to be in Cyprus they're as desperate to get the hell out of Cyprus as they were to get the hell out of wherever they were that they've come from. That's why they were handed and landed at a British base. They want to be in Britain. I don't think we need it. Well, I think we're a bit full at the moment, don't you? A little bit full. Uh, Pauline says, We were in Liverpool for the first time in September and it was fantastic. Beautiful city, wonderful people. The Cavern Club is amazing. The trouble is it's not the Cavern Club. That's the problem, isn't it? The original Cavern Club is a car park now. And uh, and you'd think they'd want to keep something like this. So, so what they've done is they, they've done a recreation of the Cavern Club. I still can't believe that Scylla Black's not alive. Isn't it funny? It just reminded me. Because she was the, the hat-check girl. The hat-check girl there. Uh, Patsy says, We used to see Max in his silver Bentley rolls at the time round in Walton-on-Thames where he lived. Must have been sold with a number plate. I don't think he ever had a wraith. I don't think he did. I'm, pr- I'm, I'm pretty certain. I might I might be wrong on that. I might be wrong on that. And, uh, and Winnie says, uh, We went to Long Acres last week. Christmas section, fantastic. You would love it do you know i love anywhere it's got christmas in it i'm sorry i am like a child i walk around i can be quite happy wandering around in a in a garden center or a christmas store and now these gar- they've spread out more and more and more out at garstons which is out at isha where all the rich people live loads of rich people live there and they, they they've actually got you know it's it's so big now it's taken over everything else and i i can wander for hours but i just i've learnt don't touch anything, because it's all got glitter on it, which is fine, but nowadays you touch it, you can walk out there looking like Coco the Clown. Uh, Well done to the couple who scooped the pottery. Uh, The the clue is in the the title there. This is Alan and Pat Firth. Uh, They amassed a treasure trove in their one-bedroom bungalow. Uh, They spent £27,000 over four decades on this hoard. They were wrapped... Um, and stacked to the ceiling in newspaper, in the attic or dumped in the garage next to oil cans. They survived, given the first Siamese cats, given the run of the £100,000 property. When experts cleared the house after Alan died in March, one compared it to the opening of Tutankhamun's tomb. The auctioneer, Jason Wood, said there were wonderful things wherever you looked. Um, The family thought the value was in the property. They got very excited when I told them the collection was worth ten times more. The hall included 21 pieces by the potter Hans Koper, worth nearly half a million pounds, and said to be better than the V&A Museum's collection. Plus, there's a vase by Lucy Rye worth £37,000. They reckon... Oh, they've been sold! 585 lots went for £990,000. They thought the bungalow was the money at 100000 quid. I mean, the, one of them, this, uh, the, the 12-inch stoneware... Uh, went for £50,000. The Firths paid 124 for it in 1975. I mean, they quite clearly knew what they were buying. And so the nephew, because they didn't have any children, they never take uh, holidays, so their disposable income went on pots. The nephew was very happy with the sale. He said it's, it's what they would have wanted. Well, I mean, t- to be honest with you, I mean, I think that's fantastic. That's what you call being clever. That's what you call being very inventive. People who can go out there and would spend, you know, in the time when £124 pounds was a lot of money, but look at it now. I wish, every time I turn on the Antiques Roadshow, I sometimes look at things thinking, I'm sure we had some of that. I'm sure sure we used to have this stuff over the years. Because you bought it, because it was of the period. I mean, the stuff here, I mean, there's one of their porcelain vases, £37,000. So to realise, literally, you know, a million pounds on just what they had. They thought, and it was all wrapped in newspaper and just left there. Luckily, it didn't get broken. I mean, the bungalow was very average, but 100000 quid for that. And so they'd be delighted that somebody would buy this stuff and, uh, and would probably put it to better use. Because it's only going to sit there, isn't it? If you're not particularly interested in pottery and you don't have a place to put, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? You have to sell it. So sell it he did. However, over the other side, over the other side of the country, uh, guess who's complaining that they can't build model aeroplanes anymore? Years ago as a child you would buy Airfix models and probably children the length and breadth of the land uh, are still building Airfix models. You would open the box, it would be all pressed in plastic, you'd have to take it off there and you'd get a little tube of glue and you'd put it on there. There never seemed to be enough glue, did there? And once you'd actually stuck the thing together and the propeller actually turned and your fingers were covered with glue, then you could let it dry and then you could paint it. Who's complaining about the fact that they've had them taken away? Prisoners. Prisoners are complaining. Old lags are complaining that they've had their airfix kits taken away. Why? Because they're glue sniffing. They're worried they will glue... Well, there's not enough glue in these things. These are- the little thing of glue that you've got in the airfix kit was so minuscule, you'd be better off going to Poundland and buying 12 on a card for a quid. Seriously, it was just a tiny, tiny amount of glue. And they're worried that they're going to sniff them. I find it quite worrying that prisoners... Incarcerated for various misdemeanors are actually making airfix models. I mean, how many are they hanging from the ceiling of their cells? How sweet, how sweet, how lovely! Perhaps they could sort of make them and then sell them, because that's the thing, isn't it? You get the thing and think, oh God, I've got to put this together now. It's not the best thing to do, but uh, but people do do still make them. People like the idea that you can uh, that you can actually make a model. But we used to hang them from uh, thread. You know, we used to get mum's uh, reel of cotton tight round the front and a bit round the back, and then you'd suspend it from your ceiling in the bed. I don't know why. When I look back on it, my, uh, my cousins, Stephen and Martin, they had loads of models hanging from the ceiling. I'd always be worried they'd kind of just drop on you. But the thing to do was to make sure that the propeller turned at the front. And, uh, and we, we spent ages making a model out of balsa wood. It came with about five million bits and then tissue paper to stick over it. And me and my dad, made, I was bored witless. He'd come home and go, right, let's get the model out. You think, oh, God, here we go. And so they get this balsa wood model out and we're sticking things on. And, and it had a big elastic band down the middle, rubber band that you wound the propeller up. And then it took off and the idea, it glided. Ours didn't. Went up in the air, came down, smashed. End of story. We'd spent months building it. Seriously, I was so fed up with it. I was quite glad that we didn't have to repair it again. Oh, it's broken. Good. Let's leave it. And that's what people will buy, kids, for this year. You'll go into the hobby shops, the model shops, and there will be, you know, build yourself the model of the Titanic. Build yourself a lighthouse. Build this. And then come Christmas, you're going to be getting the magazines, which tell you how to build, you know, a rocket that can go to the moon. And it comes in 600-bit parts, And I've never found anybody who's ever managed to complete one because it turns out that to build some of these models is like £600 because you've got to keep buying it. So most people start it and then go, how many more bits? Oh, no, let's do something else, shall we? You want to build a model? Go to the shop, buy the model in a box, bring it back. It's so much cheaper and so much easier, and you will spare yourself all the depression that goes along with it. Coming up to the news at 6 o'clock this morning, the speed cameras. They're going to turn them on, they reckon, and if you go over 70, you're going to be clocked. You won't even know about it. They're on the motorway gantries. You see the sign, don't you, and you think, I wonder where that is. If you go over 70, it'll clock you. I've done it. I've been over 70 on the motorway. Oh, dear me, it's dreadful, isn't it, really? Noel Gallagher wants to be James Bond. I do hope not. Uh, thousands more not having holidays. All those people probably listening at the moment who've booked for Sharm el-Sheikh. They can't get out at the moment, they can't get in, which is uh, a huge problem. Uh, the Benefit's scrounger. She forgot she had ten children. She had twelve living in a house for eight, so they've had to rehouse her again. I'd rather she went off to work, actually, make it a lot easier. Be very careful what you put in your copy and the evil ender's rapist. Not good. On
0: This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC, text 84850, Steve Allen on LBC
1: Morning everybody, remember, remember the 5th of November gunpowder, treason and plot it's going to be a washout apparently it's going to rain and it won't stop people uh, letting off fireworks because fireworks seem to go through the rain but the trouble is it comes with wind as well so just check you know, before you set off your little rockets and everything else that they're pointing at least in the right direction which will be away from the house and if you've got uh, neighbours who've got pets spare a thought for them, they hate it Thousands stranded in Sharm el-Sheikh, thousands getting ready to depart on their holiday. It's changeover day, it's Thursday, and uh, they're not going. They're not going anywhere. The ones who are there need to get out, and they think by this weekend they will do it. The speed cameras, we just lose every time, don't we, as motorists? They just don't like us. And the funny side of the message on the cup of coffee... Woman who hated it. The barista wrote on there, you know, you're hot kind of thing and shouldn't like it. I'm complaining about it. And so people complain about it. You can't you can't give anybody compliments anymore. They don't like compliments. No good saying to somebody you're really good looking, What do you mean that? What does that mean? Oh you're really nice looking. I hate you. Nobody likes being given compliments anymore. I'm frightened, you know it's almost you can't even pat people on the bottom anymore. So, matter with the world, it's gone completely mad. Completely stark staring mad. Well, you can't put your... I'm frightened to put my arm round the producer. Well, to be honest with you, I couldn't actually get my arm round the producer. But, you know, it's one of those sort of things, you know, any, any sort of sign of affection now. Oh, that's out the window. So, this barista, anyway, I had to apologise to her. Oh, God, I'd bar her. She'd be the first person I'd bar from there, go, no, I'm terribly sorry. He was just being nice. He just He thought you were hot. You know, perhaps he's come from somewhere where, you know, he sits on the beach and it's hot. I don't know, I'm just trying to sort of sort of err on the side of caution, thinking perhaps, you know, he says to... Perhaps he doesn't know another word. Perhaps his English isn't that brilliant in there. And he's written, you're hot, as opposed to, you know, I think you look really, really, really hot. I don't know, I can't think of any other word to, to use in place of it. Uh, Colleen Nolan and hot water about Blackpool, although she's absolutely right, it is a war zone. Ask anybody who's ever been there who's of the normal world. Uh, be very careful what you put in your coffee... This is after one of the boys from uh, the now defunct One Direction uh, said that he put all sorts of strange stuff in there and they said, really, you shouldn't. It's just full of fat, which is not uh, not good. Uh, the wedding ban for the pair who can't get married because they're father and son. Not uh, not biblically father and son. One's been adopted by the other one. Uh, and the, the 14 pints of Pepsi a day, which has killed a mother. Uh, admittedly, she was on medication as well. And she was also, I think, at one point, doing, I think, a litre of vodka a day. But to do that much in fizzy drinks can't do your inside uh, much good at all, can it, really? And um, and guess who's died? Stephen Hancock has died. Died 89. Cast your mind back. There'll be a few of you going, I know exactly who that is. He played Ernie Bishop. He was married, as you know, to Emily Bishop. And he exited the... uh, the street. He was killed off in a burglary in 1978. He was shot. There was a raid on Mike's place and the burglar shot him and he died. That was Emily's husband. She went into deep decline afterwards. But uh, he, he made it to 89. A Corrie spokesman said his exit is still one of the show's most memorable. It was, actually, because I don't think we'd actually had... Because in those days, the papers didn't leak anything. Now, of course, you get the stories leaked in the papers, and, and people go, oh, so-and-so's going to be killed off. So you know generally about a, a week in, uh, in advance of something. The other story that's in the papers heading up to Christmas is the, uh, the thieving that goes on to the tune of £770 million a year in stores in this country. They reckon that, uh, you know, theft and staff nicking things, about £1.7 billion the majority of thefts, I know people come in from outside to professionally steal, but a lot of it is from staff. Staff steal, because they know how to do it. You've only got to have somebody who's, who's on security who can help you out with it, and you could nick whatever you wanted. Wouldn't be that difficult to get out, would it? Definitely not. So that's why. £770 million a year. I'll do the front pages of the papers for a, a moment. If you ever come to Southend, let me know, says Maddie, who used to work for LBC years ago. She said, uh, Liling and I would be happy to meet you for lunch. It could be a mini LBC reunion. Although it's been a while since Liling and I worked at LBC. But very happy memories. Yes, it's, uh, we get lots of, as you know, lots of LBC people who uh, who still listen to the uh, the programmes. Uh, little Julie says, another year older for me. A bit late waking up. Had a pre-birthday cocktail or two last night. OK, we'll take it as three, shall we? We'll take it as uh, three. And uh, Tracy says, uh, it was... Uh, what's its car? We lived on the same estate as he did. Saw him all the time. So it was Max Clifford's car, but uh, or was it just his? Was it his number plate, or do you think it actually was his his car as well? And uh and Tony says, I listen on the LBC app from South Africa. Does that count towards the four am spike? Well, I don't. I mean, I could fib and probably say it did. I don't. You know, I don't know if it does. I think you might. I think you might do in a little way. You know, in a little way. Uh, Liverpool's great city. Also been to Manchester, but prefer, says John Liverpool. Uh, also been under the Mersey Tunnel. Nice atmosphere. Lots of interesting places to visit, as well as the Beatles connections. And compact enough to walk around. I would strongly recommend go twice. You'll visit again, which is nice. I like doing things twice. I did mention the, uh, the Water Rats. The Grand Order of Water Rats is a, is a show business charity. They raise a lot of money together with their uh, companions, the Lady Rattlings, and they raise money for all sorts of charities. And so many people in show business uh, are involved with the Water Rats and uh, they're based down at King's Cross. They have the use of a pub down there and they have their balls and everything else. And uh, they've got one coming up on Sunday, the 27th of November. Um, uh, It's probably going to be at the Grosvenor House because this is this is a big showbiz event. This is big showbiz event. And so I could tell you that going this year, there's a Downton Abbey contingent, Phyllis Logan, Peter Egan, Michael Fox, as well as uh, Jenny Powell, Sally Phillips, Sir Tim Rice, Rula Lenska, Carol Vorderman, Hannah Gordon, Barbara Windsor, Geoffrey Holland and Judy Buxton, Sandy Toksvik, uh Robert and Babs Powell, Sue Holderness and Mark Piper, and the current Queen Rattling, who is Melody K, as they say, to name but a few. And uh, it's all put together and Rick Wakeman will be having the last nights of the Water Rats proms. And uh, three weeks to go. They've still got a few tickets left. So uh, they have a, a website, and you can find all the details on there. It's it's a very simple website. It's not too difficult, even by my standards. It's www.gowr.net, net. And if you've never been, there's you'll you'll find celebrities on table. You get all sorts of people going, and uh, you'll love it. It's a nice thing to do and it raises money for a, a very good cause for all the different causes the Grand Order of Water Rats are involved with. As I say I can't go this year. I've been to my Lady Rattlings a few times, but this year I can't go because I have a prior engagement, but I know that you'll uh, you'll go down and you will enjoy it. You will enjoy it. It's uh, it's just it's it's an interesting thing to do. It's because it's an old charity. They you'll you'll spot people go oh that ooh, so, ooh, so and they're very good, very good down there uh, loads of people telling me about how wonderful Liverpool is and you've got to go Steve You've got to. I'm not sure if they're saying, it's like go to Coventry I'm not sure if they're saying, you must go to Liverpool but um, I just I fancy going because of the Beatles connection to going, to... I don't know what I'm expecting, if somebody says Strawberry Fields I don't know what I'm expecting, Penny Lane, I'm just expecting a sign, but if you do the tours as has been pointed out uh, you will discover that the drivers know exactly you know, the best places to have the pictures taken, and, and you should do it because it's people who are there Robbie in Cumbria says we did the tour bus in Liverpool uh, city, very rich, interesting history. Stayed at Malmaison on the banks of the Mersey, which had a huge yellow submarine hanging in the atrium. <laughs> That'll be a connection to the film, of course, just in case people didn't think. And uh, interesting, one of your listeners has been under the Mersey Tunnel, Steve, as opposed to through it. Yes, uh, Sue Ann says I get chatted up, innuendos weekly. I laugh it off. Yeah, I mean, I, d- I don't understand why this this lady, and I'll find her in the papers for you. She's not happy. She goes in there and you know what they do now. They they sometimes write on your coffee mug things like, you know, have a nice day and they do a smiley face or things like that. And uh, she didn't like it. She didn't like it at all. She thought it was she thought it was an intrusion, you know, because the, the bloke called her hot. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why people don't like I mean, It's not like he's sort of leaping over the counter and attacking her or something like that. He's just sort of going, you look you look hot but obviously people don't like compliments nowadays which I find I find a little bit sad I would expect people to like a compliment if somebody somebody came up to it's never going to happen but if somebody came up to me and said you look really nice today you know I would be taken aback <laughs> I have to be honest but uh, yeah see the producer just said to me he said you look really nice now that's hr as far as i'm concerned you know that's now scary because he never said it when he saw me first thing in the morning when i thought i looked my hottest but apparently now i don't look my hottest Who's 75 I mean, apart from quite a few of you listening, maybe, but who's 75? Who you think is she really? Raquel Welsh. Raquel Welsh is 75. And she looks absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. And uh, she's obviously done an interview with, I don't know she Oh, she's done Piers Morgan. Well, oh, I bet he loved that one. You know what Piers is like with his interviews? He's a bit like Jonathan Ross. So, 75, she looks good. Which means I'm not looking bad for.
0: Whatever it is. It's uh, quarter past six. Steve Allen on LBC. 6.20. 6.20. Oh, if only.
1: Uh, nice to have you, company. Welcome along to the, uh, to the proceedings for today. I can't now find the story of the girl who complained about what the barista wrote on the side of her cup, mainly because I think it appeared in one of the papers, and I can't find it. Anyway, whatever it was, she didn't like it. She didn't like the idea that he was sort of mildly flirting with her, which I thought is OK. If you go in and you buy a cup of coffee, they do write things on the side of your mugs, and I, I, don't, I don't find it offensive. Different if they sort of put down, you know, uh, here, here's my phone number. Then I, I would probably find that a little bit... A little bit strange. Uh, Raquel Welsh, because she's doing Piers Morgan's programme, um, she's talking about getting married. And she said she would get married again. She said she doesn't uh, actually sort of rule it out, even though she is 79. Uh, Other stories in the papers today. Polly Hudson doing the bit about uh, Brooklyn Beckham and the overprotective mum. There's also the story of the dad who's donated two of his organs and made history. Uh, He's the first person to donate two of his organs to save strangers. He donated a kidney... And uh, now a third of his liver. Can you do that? Can you do a third of a liver? Can they just take a bit of your liver? Oh, God, I'm not too sure about that bit. Uh, slightly disturbed. Uh, the 70 mile an hour winds will provide damp squibs. It's the only thing that I've used on the programme. People have said to me, what are you talking about? What's a damp squib? And I've said a damp squib is a fi- is a firework that hasn't gone off. We used to call fireworks squibs. Do not ask me why, but I love the word I love the word. I think it's fantastic. And I did promise to do you the Christmas present list. And they reckon that Star Wars... May the fourth... Sorry, I can't even speak <laughs> May the fourth be with you. It would be with Yule If the kids have put Star Wars toys. Because they reckon that's the top of the list. Uh, there is also Thunderbirds Tracy Island. Do you know, that's 80 quid now. eight In plastic, 80 quid. Deep Sea... S- sorry, City Deep Sea Exploration Vessel from Lego is 80 quid. Pie Face by Hasbro, 20 quid. Uh, Design Studio Flare Leisure, 40 pounds. Disney's Frozen Sing-Along Elsa, 39.99. But it's, it's the Star Wars stuff. The Force Awakens Millennium Falcon, 119 pounds. I feel sorry for people with big families. This is going to be a very expensive time of year for you. I think you'd be better off with Shopkins Food Fair Scoops Ice Cream Truck, which is 20 quid. Made me, made me mouth water. Actually, having an ice cream uh, or Paw Patrol, Paw Patroller, Spin Master toys, sixty quid. Toot toot, friends. Busy Sounds Discovery Home uh, by VTech, forty four pound. And little live pets, clever Keat character options, sixty quid. My God, you need to take out a second mortgage, ladies and gentlemen, if you're going to manage to get through uh, through Christmas here. Sounds terribly expensive, doesn't it? Everything is so expensive nowadays. And that's why people... I used to say to parents, and I've done it over the years, I've said, listen, if you actually get to that stage where it's too expensive, you just put a note in an envelope saying, Father Christmas said you couldn't have it now, but you can have it later next year. We're going to go out and pick it out for you. And that way it covers you. You don't have... To, I've heard of people flying off to other countries to try and actually buy Christmas presents because they don't want to disappoint kids. Declan says, oi, nothing wrong with Canvey Island. I don't know, I've never been. Somebody wrote to me about Canvey Island. Somebody who obviously doesn't live there. And uh, they've cleaned it up now. You don't even glow when you come out of the sea or canvey. I was going to say happy birthday little Julie looking more beautiful every year, but I don't want to get into trouble by paying a compliment. Should I risk it says Kevin the Miltman? Yeah, go on. We know people. We 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 can say things. And uh, Janet in Chipstead says exactly the same. Very happy birthday to dear little Julie. So many happy returns of the day. And uh, Brian says the guy who wrote hot was only pointing out the coffee was hot. Yeah, I thought of that one as well, but when you look on the side of the mug it doesn't it doesn't look like that. So obviously not. Anna says the Lady Rattlings bought an electric wheel uh, chair for me because I've got cerebral palsy. And um, somebody says, uh, Will says, if Max Clifford is listening to this from his prison cell, his car should be in the garage waiting for his release. He's probably freaking out right now. No, they're driving it round. They're driving it round. Uh, the Queensway Tunnel has two levels. The lower one was for trams, but they cancelled the extension, says Ben. And uh, another one here says, uh, you see, Stephen on the Isle of Dogs being nice, you see. Maybe the barista was referring to the coffee being hot. I thought that as well. I thought that would be sort of get out clause. But no, they've actually said no. It was nothing to do with that. He actually thought she was uh, hot. Here's the despot at the palace. It's another friend of Prince Andrew. So, not what the Queen's doing. Talking to the uh, the uh, president of, where's this from? This is Kazakhstan. I mean, dear Lord, honestly. Prince Andrew and the friends he shouldn't really be hanging around with. Um the six jobs and the, uh, an affair and nine pay rises. None of you seem to buy into that one at all. Very interesting piece in the mail today on a trip to Ikea for uh, Liz, who says, a gang of unruly children and a cautionary tale. Think you should stand up to yobs? I did, she said, and I paid the price. Oh, this is what the, uh, the barista wrote to Laura Roberts. And, um, uh, Laura Roberts gets every time she visits her local Starbucks... Uh, the love-stuck barista has been scrawling messages in a bid to win her over. In the latest example, he crossed out part of a warning message about the drink's temperature. I didn't know there was a drink's temperature. Did you know that? I didn't know that in Starbucks. I'll have to check again. But anyway, Miss Roberts' mother, Alex Blaine, who's not very happy about it, posted a photo of the inappropriate message. Miss Roberts told the Mail Online, he's a lovely boy. I don't find it creepy. I've got a fiancé, so sadly he's out of luck, but I'm sure I'm not the only one he's done it for. But, uh, but the mother wrote creepy barista. Get rid of your mother, Laura. She's quite clearly not fit for purpose. Nothing worse than interfering mothers. She said creepy barista writing inappropriate messages on my daughter's coffee cup before adding sarcastically, looks like son-in-law material. Oh, God, honestly. Barking mad family. Listen, uh, nothing else we can talk about this morning, uh, apart from the anarchists calling for an end to tuition fees and they turn up black jackets and balaclavas. You say, I want to hold them down and rip them off and take photographs of them. Just me being caring again, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much indeed for your uh, company for this morning. It's a miserable day. It's not exactly the best. And if you have a bonfire night tonight and you have fireworks, uh, then be safe with them. If it doesn't ignite, don't go back to it. Throw it into a bucket of water or throw water over it. It makes it a lot safer for everybody. And if you've got pets, you know what you have to do. You've got to keep them well away from any fireworks. And they might go on all night, hopefully not after midnight. And uh, let's be safe, shall we? You can listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you are. Download the free LBC app. Your mobile or tablet, and never miss a moment. And I do mean that. It's free to do, and it's, it'll change your life. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Steve Allen Show. At Steve Allen Show with arm hurting, <coughs> leading Britain's conversation at seven. It's Nick Ferrari. He's got a lot to talk about, including the uh, the chickens who now they say are going to suffer even more. They could be conscious when they're plunged into an electric bath. Coming up, uh, as I say at seven, Nick with the team. But right now, Lisa Aziz with the morning news.
0: This is LBC.